0: Metal cough. Heavy apes. We are live on a Sunday night on YouTube. For those of you hanging with us, what is up? If you are listening to this podcast after the fact, it's great to have you as well. Either way, check out the description down below. You can find our podcast in the YouTube. You can find our YouTube in the podcast. We have a lot to talk about. A lot of people are waiting, John, to chat. To
1: chat <laughs> tonight on the Sunday night podcast. Did uh was there just a Sunday night football game? Was, that, was I supposed to be watching? I thought I didn't know why you wanted to do this so late, so I just waited. I was just, yeah, you know, having dinner with the fam. Took my uh, kids for a walk out in the monsoon, and actually, I don't have any kids, and yeah, I just watched that game. But there is a monsoon. <laughs> there is a monsoon.
0: Holy smokes, man! I mean, this is going to be. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here, John. Before we dive into it, by the way, don't forget one way to get into the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. I'm Guy. That's John. Is to go to iTunes, leave us a review, five stars. We appreciate that. Really helps out the pod, the analytics, the uh, the numbers on iTunes. And uh, leave us a question. That's how you get into Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag, the ham mailbag, some people call it. When I saw Shanahan running the Shanahan hat out on the field pregame, I thought, oh, it's
1: going to be a good day.
0: It's going to be a good day.
1: But well, um... then it guy, then he did a throwback 2019 drive. Elway, Mike Shanahan, 97, 98 level drive. You're like, oh, shit, motherfucker, he's back. He's, <laughs> he's doing nakeds and nudes and dump-offs. And he just went right down the field. I think I wrote it down. It was like 78 yards, Al said. It was just a clinic. I'm like, oh, shit, he got his swag back. And then it was like, oh, pump the brakes. Then it disappeared for three quarters. Yeah, and then it came back on like a drive. <laughs> a drive, Yeah. <laughs> Good they Lord, actually, man. they did, and then they had a two-point play to tie it, and then they didn't, you know, was that ball? Th- yeah, they got tipped, and <laughs> of course. The Niners just the tip balls. There was uh, a Debo I, fumble in the middle of there where there was a little momentum, and that lost fast. It was, it was a mess. we got a lot to talk about, but let's just start us off, John,
0: with some of the uh, stream comments, because there's so much good stuff that people have been people have been waiting on the stream. Big Idiot um, on YouTube says, Not a crisis. Touch his ear. <laughs>
1: I got a good tweet that would have been a good comment that was like there's nobody in the building that can tell Kyle Shanahan to pull his head out of his ass. And I was watching the game but I didn't feel like quoting the tweet and then I just started thinking well their GM happens to be I'd say one of the baddest motherfuckers to ever buckle it up in the league. Wouldn't you say definitely over the like the last 30 years? Right? Yeah. It's not like you know he's not the boss, but it's not like they got no one in that building. I don't know. They have a guy named John Lynch that you Go to his YouTube page and watch his highlights. I'd I'd say he was a guy that wasn't scared of much in his NFL career, right? Yep. It might be time for a little shake, though, guy. You know, obviously John can't hit him or anything, but can we just can we get a meeting of the minds with just you know a little craziness? Uh, I've had I've had multiple people. I'm sure you have too.
0: Uh, I just got a text. I got a DM from two different people who suggested I, Suggested I've never heard before tonight. So I don't know if this one's like flying around some Niners Reddit forums or something that Shanahan should demote himself to only offensive coordinator and let somebody else be the head coach. I've heard people say the coach should take away their own play-calling duties and give them. That happens, happens all the in, time. happens
1: in Nagy a lot, yeah. happens <laughs> <laughs> in Nagy a lot.
0: But I've never heard anyone suggest that a coach should keep the play-calling duties and give up the head coaching. That's a novel
1: concept, John. But multiple people have suggested that to me. I, I did have multiple people outside of our little sphere text me during the game like, do you think he's on the hot seat? And my honest response was, like, who in your right mind would they hire? Like, let's. Jed York lucked into Kyle in the first place. They're not just some dynamic, you know, onboarding organization of landing the top talent. Like, even in the perfect world of the fans' emotion right now, you just get rid of Kyle tomorrow. Like, oh, yeah, Jed's going to go fix this problem. Like, no, he's still their best, in theory, asset to have, but he's. He's off. <laughs> uh,
0: the shills on YouTube says bring back Nick Mullins. So nothing uh, illustrates the emotion of a night, John, quite like that. There were some good comments earlier. I can't. This system we use doesn't let me go back and see all the comments I want to see. I, I got to tell you, I've just I'm I'm a little frayed right now and little things are setting me off. And that's pissing me off that I can't go back to the comments from 10 minutes ago. But uh, one of them was there's not enough Tito's in the world for tonight.
2: That was no, a good
1: comment. There, no, <laughs> there's not. Did um, uh, c- can we?
0: All right. So, so there's a few things. C- speaking of some things that just like little things that pissed me off during the game, just little things that pissed me off. One, challenging, throwing the challenge flag with no idea what you're going to challenge. Okay, I think what happened there was somebody was in the watch. Maybe Shanahan's going to explain it by the time we're done here.
1: You're a def- you're a defender of referees, though. I saw you tweeting about the taunting yesterday. Oh yeah, the you know, rules John, the rule. That, it's like that play well, guy. You, you got to fueled- like just. Be- That play fueled my soul. Yeah, it's just you give the benefit of the doubt to the referees like they can't eat it. Well, hold
0: on. So that play, we're not going to talk about that play right now. I would love to talk about that play, but I don't want to get off track while everybody's here. Talk about some Saturday (laughs) college football taunting penalty, which I loved. I loved it um, because it made everybody else mad. What I think
1: the fans really want or the people really want listening, if the 49ers coaching staff in front office could pad it up, and Kyle would be a wide receiver, and Lynch could just go back to his heyday in the safety, and then we could just rattle some cages. Just, just a couple reps of uh, Singletary. I think he called it the Nutcracker. It was like the elevated uh, Oklahoma drill. I think there was like a, another element in there that got really kind of crazy. I remember people died, not died, but like got carried off the field at Niner or training camp. Remember that the Nutcracker?
2: So, yeah, <laughs> vaguely.
1: No, I <laughs> I don't remember exactly what the drill was. I just remember it was even more physical than the Oklahoma drill, and it was a Singletary special from, like, the, the early 80s Buddy Ryan. And it's called the Nutcracker? Yeah, it's one of those where you're yep. facing each other, and there's oh. a couple other people involved, and it is just full go with, like, a 10-yard head start, and heads are cracking. But just Lynch and Kyle, you could argue even going right now, just to, just to wake some people up, you know? You know, uh, Adam yeah. Peters, I think, was a defensive lineman at UCLA. He's not—he's not small. Have you, you've seen him. You've yeah, seen him I have seen him. He's I big. I saw him practice you know?
0: when he came up and said, "What's up, middle call
1: Yeah, Adam Peters—you know—might be able to rattle some cages too. I just—we just could rattle some cages. I mean, you know, D'Amico Ryan's—fuck—he's the guy carrying the team right now. Well, they're the—they co- can—they can yell at people. He's the defensive—you co- just
0: named the defensive but coordinator. in the, the problem
1: with—but—but no, but a coaching staff is actually much closer to normal people jobs than it actually is to a football team or any physical sport. You're still like working in offices, and you just answer to the guy that's quote unquote your boss. So Kyle still tells everyone what to do, even if you're, you know. That's why Belichick, this little guy, and Saban, this little guy, are known as the craziest assholes. Right? It's not because they could beat anyone up. (laughs) Most of their coaching staff could beat them up if it got physical. But the thing with coaching, it doesn't get physical unless you're Columbo. What was that, a couple years ago with the Cowboys? Or, oh, it was the Giants last year. Remember Last that, was that year. With Judge. Oh, Joe, Judge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Judge. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Judge. No, they claimed he didn't hit him, right? You know,
0: I meant to look this up earlier. E-Rock Village on YouTube says, Fun fact, Dante Pettis has more catches than Brandon Ayuk. So Pettis, I think, has five or eight. He scored a touchdown today. I don't know if you saw that on Gi- Reddit. Well, Giants won, guy. Uh, same. I think they have the same amount of wins as the 49ers, right? Two? Yeah. I'm trying to get some updated Pettis numbers. I did see the touchdown, and I did look him up. So I think he's got – no, he's got more than five catches. What the – what is this? How many catches does Dante Pettis have? Well, regardless, forget it. Who cares? Well, well,
1: guy, he had (laughs) five today. Pettis had had five today.
0: five today. Okay, so he definitely has more than Ayuk.
1: Yeah, he had five catches, 39 yards. Hell, Daniel Jones. Does Daniel Jones have more catches than Ayuk? See his catch, one-hander?
0: Uh, I did not see that catch, no. Well, they, I, ran I wa- like
1: a, they ran like a Philly special, but the guy, Daniel, kept running, and they kind of, I think every team runs it now, kind of overthrows them. DJ goes one-hander on the back of the New York Post. It says, oh, DJ, is the headline. It's kind of cool.
0: That is good. <laughs> uh, the Darkness says, yeah. Shanahan's 33-41, and 41. not a good coach. Hobbs says, go hire Kellen Moore. Uh, Joshua says, "LOL, Solomon Thomas having more success on the Raiders. That's a good take right there."
1: No, yeah.
0: Gustavo uh, Pettis ten catches, eighty-seven yards, a touchdown. Says Kyle.
1: Jeez, let me check today. Ayuk uh, had one catch, six yards.
0: You, they, he remember. started.
1: Did you notice he started the game? He had the. Uh,
0: anyway, I mean, so it's pouring rain. The fr- they're very good on the early in the game, John. This felt a lot like a game I just watched them play. It it felt to me like the Seattle game. That's what the game felt like to the Seattle game, where they move the ball early, they look good early. Unlike the Seattle game, they actually scored. But things are going their way, and they're not taking advantage. Take away, can't take full advantage, get a field goal. They missed the extra point before that. Just stuff is happening for them. Wentz Wentz has this insane baby zone. For those of you new to the show, baby zone. Rich Gannon once said on TV, better to die a child than turn the ball over in the red zone. So we start calling it the baby zone like three, four years ago. Wentz's baby zone interception was a Hall of Fame baby zone turnover.
1: He, like, he was, but he was hit from behind. Like it wasn't a pure, you know, I mean, it was bad, but it was. I mean, he was getting sacked. Okay. The Bosa point, just drubbed Eric Fisher around the edge. Like he was, was running gonna, for his life.
0: Yes. The point is that thing, they had several things break their way in the game.
1: Yeah. And then they had, mul- they had multiple turnovers in the first quarter. Right. I mean, they, and they got, I saw Marcus Thompson had a great tweet. He's like, this could come back to bite him three points off two turnovers. Right. Away. Right. And you're like, yeah. And it, it to me, and I, I've learned this from doing the lock of the week. Cause even as a gambler, a on the lock of the even week. as a gambler, I, I didn't really focus. I would get really caught up like early on in a game. Like, yeah, I got this lockdown and it would change. It happened yesterday in our lock of the week. I didn't get overly concerned when the Oregon was down fourteen nothing. I don't put that much stock anymore into the first quarter, really. As long as the game, as long as you're not down like twenty eight nothing, but if it is within a couple scores, the, there's a lot of ball game left. And to me, the first drive was pretty incredible. It was classic Shanahan, McVeigh, Lafleur, where it's just ebb and flow, hitting you everywhere, easy touchdown. But then to the me, guy, they just kept stalling out. And when they couldn't punch it in and they were going three and out after these turnovers, I think like everyone else that booed Kyle and the team off the, uh, off the field, I, 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 my, my faith, I mean, not that I had that much, but it, it diminished quickly. Because also, the one thing you see with the Colts, like the Niners, when they were the Super Bowl team, they had a bunch of high-end players playing at a really high level. We talk about this a lot now. They have less high end players on this team, but those guys can still play at a high end level. The problem is tonight, right? Kittle, national tight end day, he's on IR. Trent Williams for the holiday? Ex- uh, well, it is for the tight ends that are playing, uh, not him. Trent Williams, not even exactly sure what his injury, I think it's his shoulder, or maybe it's his knee. I don't know. But he's out. Like those are arguably him, those three and you know, those two guys in Bosa are the three best players on the team. So they're missing him. I'm watching the Colts going. Well, their three best players are DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, and probably some combination of Pittman and, and Jonathan Taylor. Hell, that's probably one through four. Those guys are kicking ass and taking names. Yep. I mean, Darius Leonard is everywhere. He's causing fumbles. You know, Buckner is just the, the defensive line. Pittman is just a beast. I, I mean, I've I still love that guy. I mean, that guy's a stud. And Jonathan Taylor is just even though he had the fumble, which he did have fumble issues at Wisconsin. And I, I started thinking, like, could he have three or four fumbles day? And the, <laughs> the answer was, no. He had uh, 18 carries for 100 yards, guy, and a touchdown. And he's just yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, he's just a good player. But that, yep. I mean, Elijah Mitchell had, guy, they had the same line. Elijah had 18-107-1. Jonathan Taylor, 18-107-1. I mean, Elijah Mitchell's good, right? That's He's a fine running back. That's not their problem. No, I'd say their he's pass, fine plus. Their passing game sucks. Um, you see the staff that I retweeted? No. From like NFL PR, it said that the at one point in time in the game, I think this was like middle, uh, where is it? Through three quarters, the Colts gained 73 yards on Carson Wentz completions and 97 yards on defensive pass interference calls. 97 yards. 97. Doesn't shock me, John. If you just had to guess off the top of your head how many yards they've given up in P.I. calls this year, uh, well, 450? I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, they lead the league, uh, whatever their number is. I think it's 15 or 16 or 17 at this point. And generally, I would get sure. what are those average probably. They feel like they average more than 10 yards
1: to play. <laughs> it sure doesn't feel like they're coming on quick outs, right? <laughs> they're coming on like go routes and post routes. I would say the average yard on, the, on their P.I.s are 27 yards down the field. Honestly, even saying that out loud that doesn't feel long enough. <laughs> um man.
0: Yeah, I uh I I they they are they are not a team that can play. It just takes so much for them to get to get down the field to score that when they get help like they got on Sunday night for them not to take advantage of it, it just it felt like it was it was going to come back to bite them and it did. I agree with you. We I mean not to talk about Oregon, but um yeah, watching that game, I said to somebody I was sitting with, like Oregon's winning this game, even though you and I were texting in a more desperate manner than
1: than that. Um, I was watching the nine overtime game that it had, was 18 to eighteen after eight overtimes I, I had I had a buddy, Scott Raber text me the picture of the box score and was honestly asking, like, how's this possible? I'm like, well, they have new rules now. It's yeah. the two pointer after three. So, you, and then I didn't realize you only get two points. They actually just give you the two points. They don't, they give it's you not two like points. they give
0: you six. It throws you off. <laughs> yeah, the CBS for people who need go. You should go look at it. It looks like a baseball line score. Is that the one you got that looks like a baseball line score? The nine zero. Yeah, and we
1: were making fun that the game was really long. It's actually not as long probably as like a four overtime game, right? Because just one play, one play, one play, one play. It actually yeah, as goes long as fast. it's not
0: four overtimes.
1: Well, yeah, but I'm saying a nor the old school four overtime game. What you know, when you had to start at the 25, like you could go several series. Yeah, you know, you could go a couple first downs. That one is just you either get it or you don't. And the other team gets it. It's, it happens pretty quick.
0: Jeremy says John's moving to Vegas. You going to go be with the Raiders?
1: Yeah, I'm going to buy Gruden's house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Should we dive into things? Yeah, let's dive I mean in. we've already started, but uh, let's Cody dive says into what Shanahan doesn't what I deserve to about. bench you. He hasn't benched him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about Kyle. He's
0: out there with the most incredible punt return I've ever seen, John.
1: What the I didn't know this, but if you ever muff a punt by the by the goal line, just kick it out of the back of the end zone.
0: Well, then you're kicking. You got to do it you got to make it look accidental. You, you got to just do a tap. You you got to do a tap and then
1: or grab it and kind of throw it off your foot.
0: Oh, I tried to pick it up. He looked like he knew the rule. He's very calm. I got to give IU credit on that play, John. Kept his head, did not panic.
1: Could argue he's just at the point where he's got nothing to lose.
0: I mean, holy smokes. All right, John. Uh, folks, we're glad you're here. One of the reasons we're glad you're here is because of the fact that you come here. We get advertisers. So let's tell you about our favorites like Tito's Handmade Vodka, which is a sponsor of this show. Tito's Handmade Vodka, the number one vodka in America.
1: Number one vodka in America. I had, uh, I didn't have any yesterday, but I had some on Friday afternoon, uh, several Tito sodas. Uh, a John Daly. I uh, can't recommend it enough. Number one vodka in America, based in Austin, Texas. It's just, wherever you are, are, and I know we got a ton of them, we get them at all hours. I mean, it's not, you would think this comes on the weekends and the afternoons. No, it can come on, like, Tuesday morning at, like, 8 a.m. with a dude playing golf. I mean, it's, you never underestimate the power of a drinker and just what they're doing, you know, because everyone, t- some people get off days on Monday and Tuesday. Some people go on vacation, and they, you know, I, I talked to our guy at Tito's and he just he loves it, you know, and I know we get so many pictures. We we, uh, we cultivate them on the, into a little document and uh, we got a lot of them going on right now. Can't yeah. Talk.
0: Yeah. Keep sending them. Uh, we, we love them because we love the product. I've got a case here. Anybody uh, uh, wants to w- wants a, a bottle just uh, drive by the house and honk and I'll, I'll hand you one. Uh, 1995, John, that's when Tito Beverage built his own distillery. Couldn't get investors, so he racked up 19 credit cards. Built his own legal distillery, the first one in Texas. Six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. I think Sunday night, if you're listening to this, Monday Night Football is a good
1: time. Send us a photo of your Titos and enjoy. Yeah, if I was him I saw Sarah, Sarah Blakely sell spanks, I'd be like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Get a little more
0: than that. Need to sell this bad boy. Uh, well, Mybookie.ag, Mybookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one. Mybookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one. Uh, Mybookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one. They'll double that first deposit up to a thousand bucks when you use that code. You can uh, decline the bonus if you so choose, because if you accept the bonus, you must bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. But either way, Ham one, Let them know that we sent you.
1: Yep. Mybookie.ag promo code Ham one. I-, I had a hundred dollars just extra beside the money that we had in there, and I was like, you know. I realized the day I'm like I don't I'm not even that excited to watch these games so I tried to put it together like a five team parlay that would pay three thousand I didn't hit one of the games it's it's actually really hard I was taking all the the underdogs and then you got Tampa winning by like fifty points and it was a disaster but mybookie.ag promo code ham one there's a thing called Monday Night Football uh, actually my former boss Lewis Riddick is on it he'll be calling it tomorrow you can just follow him on Instagram he's he never stops talking about it but uh, he Seattle tomorrow Geno Smith. New Orleans Saints right now minus four. That's pretty crazy. You know When's the last time Seattle was an underdog at home with fans? Now, obviously, Russell's out. The Kraken had their first game last night. Now Seattle to the 12s. I, I don't necessarily – I could see Seattle just making this a little closer than people think. I could see Jameis throwing a couple picks on Monday Night Football.
0: I could absolutely I, see Seattle making this closer than people think.
1: I, I think if, if I was going to bet this game, I would go with Seattle plus four. I would use Seattle plus four. They're at home, yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: uh, we we've hit our last five uh, locks of the week, so we'll have another one coming up. Maybe we'll discuss it later on. In the I show. thought
1: about today about putting some money on the Bengals. I saw Portnoy put about two hundred fifty thousand dollars on the Bengals, uh, but I could. I'm like, the Bengals aren't going to win, and they just didn't win. I mean, they beat the shit out of them. But that was that was probably the bet today that was like, if you wanted to get bold, they didn't just. I mean, they won forty-one to seventeen. I think. The what were they was. money line? I think it was like plus two plus 245. I mean, it was big.
0: That's basically what SC was against Notre Dame over the weekend, and they did not win the (laughs) game.
1: They actually made it kind of close toward the end.
0: All right, John. uh, Mac on YouTube says, Niners' identity in 2021. Looked great for the first 15 plays. Offense disappears the rest of the game. Defense plays valiantly. Um, The heat is on for Kyle Shanahan. It already was on. This was a bad loss on Sunday Night Football against the Colts. It was a bad loss.
1: I think one issue right now people are just going to have with them when you are and listen like Kyle style is not yeller and screamer on the sideline at players like that's when he was going well he was known as his players coach guys responded to him the problem is when it doesn't work I do understand with a lot of people that just go he just looks lifeless he looks like he doesn't want to be there because he is not going to go parcels and scream at people. And Andy isn't either. Like, if you watch the Chiefs game today, Andy is not screaming at any players as they, I mean, you think the Niners got their ass kicked. The Chiefs got fucking ruined. Andy doesn't yell at a soul. Do you know what the difference is, though? Every Chiefs fan goes, you know the best eight years of my life has been since Andy Reid has been the head coach? Do you know the sweetest years of my life have been these last three with Andy Reid as he's taking me to the Super Bowl? So it's like, people are just, you're going to be mad as a fan, but you, you understand. It It, it, it sucks. I think people go, Kyle, well, Kyle, you have the one year to build off, but we have seen so much shitty football under your watch. What is going on? What is going on? And I think a lot of people right now are just at a loss, right? Just simply at a loss. Because it feels like this guy, that this boy wonder that had all this control, you just watch his team now, and it just is out of control. It just doesn't feel like, and he doesn't get credit for like, Bosa kicking ass, right? Because you know he has nothing to do with it. But it's like his offense consistently just stalls. And then just as the game goes, I, I hate to go back to this, but his body language is just so shitty. It's just terrible. He's is got terrible is the, fucking
0: body language. I, to me, his body language is the same as always. Like, his body language is not the problem here. His body language is not the problem. Well, yeah,
1: when, when he's winning, he's usually kind of into the game. He, he To me, he just well, looks he's like winning, he, he would winning, be there's, there's anywhere else. Well,
0: what is there to be
1: excited about? Well, I don't know. Scream at somebody. I, I just think a lot of oh, people, okay. I, I'm just saying, See, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It just feels like he does not want to be there right now. That's, his, that's the, the body language he's given off. I, I don't know. His body language looks the same to me. It's always, that's to me, his body language, he looked like that when he was
0: in Atlanta. He just always looks miserable.
1: Yeah, I, when, when you start losing with high expectations, it pisses people off. And listen, yeah, I, the, I, the, my, my point is the, he's not going to scream at anybody, but it's just I understand where people go like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, but to me, the what the fuck's going on has to do with the way his team looks, not his body language. His team looks.
0: Well, that's sloppy. what I'm saying. So
1: people go, he's just like he's just like they are miserable. It's like, well, your team do something, do something, yank someone out of the game. I don't know. Try something. Ayuk's uh, in his doghouse. People
0: want him on the field, so they put him on the field. He doesn't do anything. We well, does not throw him the ball. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. He lets him. He lets him put, return punts. That's not that's an opportunity, well, they it cho- do they, but they
1: don't have a, They don't have a choice like who else? Are well, I put don't, back OK,
0: there? I'm just saying he's on punt return. Didn't make a play.
1: Well, but but you have to admit tonight. No one's making a play on special teams. Everyone's well, slipping I, for their I, life. Of course. I'm just saying, like, you want him to yell at somebody. So he puts
0: Ayuk in the doghouse. You want him to play Ayuk. The problem is not body language. The problem is they look awful. That's the problem.
1: I don't necessarily give a shit that he doesn't yell at anyone. I'm just saying I understand where people look at him and I'm getting a million texts from just random fans, even people at the game like what is this guy doing? What is Kyle doing right now?
0: Well, and that's the primary issue, right? Is that there is he he there's not there's no benefit of the doubt here at this point. Right? When there was well, it was easy in years past you go okay, this is year 1, taking over for Chip Kelly. Okay, you you got Garoppolo, now it's about the roll, okay, Super Bowl, okay, Garoppolo's hurt. You know, but you stack each individual year had some context, but at a certain point, you got to stack up all those wins and losses and go. There are way more losses than there are wins, and this is a must-win game in a desperate situation at home against a team that's also in a desperate situation and a driving rainstorm. And
1: well, because uh-huh. it's, it's one, of, it's one of those situations, right? Like if you get crazy wins in a golf tournament and you're Rory McIlroy, you go. Shh. I shot 78 fucking crazy ass wins. And you're like, well, Rory, the, the five other groups right around you, the average score was 68. Like that's a, you problem, right? You're watching the Colts. You're going, well, they're playing in this situation too, right? They are operating in these conditions. Every player in this game and coach is operating in what, you know, is the equivalent for us as like a tornado. Did you see the, the, the thing on the Richmond bridge, uh, 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 a big rig flipped over because of the wind. Like, it was crazy. Like, for us, this is this is like hurricane level. It's outrageous, right? I mean, it's been, you and I, looking out my window, it's been nuts today. So I understand, like, the offense, no one, and it was clear early on. Like, I didn't expect Kyle, even if he got down, to dial up 350 yards worth the passing plays. Wentz threw for 150, Jimmy threw for 180. If you could have got to 200, that would be fine. Right, that it was understood, and and you're gonna have to run the ball, and they both ran for over 100 yards. Colts ran for a little more, but like the Colts were consistently doing things. The Niners have a major weakness; <laughs> they commit pass interferences, unlike anything the league has ever seen. I don't know what the record is, but they are on pace. I'm sure to at least share. everyone's got a single digit. John, that looks cool. So Frank, who is a former quarterback and widely known as one of the main reasons the Eagle won the Super Bowl and I think viewed for the most part I know it's gotten a little weird this year as a really good head coach and he's also the play caller kept dialing up go routes and it fucking worked and you're watching Kyle like after the first couple drives like what are we doing here like you are this offensive genius I say that in quotes right now because again I don't think Kyle forgot anything but back to my premise from probably before the bye you can be really good at something, right? Think how many actors just choose terrible movies, right? Think how many great players just have a down year. and It happens in baseball a lot. I do believe that it can happen in football. For whatever reason, your message doesn't resonate. For whatever reason, maybe you lose a little confidence, and then it bleeds into just your confidence on the play calls. And it also could be you know, predicated by the players you have even though that gets to the overall thing, like there's not a player on this roster that he didn't choose, right? We we often said that with Gruden. It's like, well, by year three or four, you don't get to complain about any players. You handpick this roster. Yeah, if
0: we go back several months into the offseason and to discussions we had about concerns about the roster, cornerback was a very big and legitimate concern on this team um, for a variety of reasons, one of which was you know, depending on guys to have – repeat seasons of seasons that they haven't had before. And in particular, a healthy season from a player who's only had one healthy season. And guess what? Not healthy. So, right, Jason Verrett. Yeah. So there are, there are there are issues. Some are play calling. Some are roster building. But both fall under his – some are player management. They all fall under his umbrella. And I do wonder if part of it – and this goes back to your point about you know, yell at somebody not necess- you're not necessarily advocating yell at somebody, you're just saying that criticism represents something. and I think you're right in that i um I think I mentioned on the podcast a week or two ago I was talking to a buddy of mine who works in baseball about Gabe Kapler. This is back when things were going well for the when the Giants were still playing, and I was like, well, all these guys manage off of off a spreadsheet. Like, I was talking to a Dodger fan yesterday, like, we got to fire Dave Roberts. I'm like, and get somebody else to read the same spreadsheet Dave's managing off of? What's, what's the difference? So I said to this guy, what is it, like, out of curiosity, not being snarky, like, what is it that Kepler does exactly if everyone's working off the same spreadsheet? And he's like, kind of matter of fact, he's like, well, he manages people. That's a part of the job. And I, I wonder, you know, that's the unseen part of a coach's job, by and large, is managing people. And you got to wonder, is this team, are the people being managed properly? Because there are good players on the team. That's separate from the cornerbacks discussion. And the team is not, it's not performing. Now, I do think at times I watch like the defensive front and I go, those guys are doing their job. Like those guys are bringing it. And Elijah Mitchell's bringing it. And Debo is bringing it. Right. There are a lot of guys, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you agree with this or not. I don't watch them and think like as a group they're not bringing it.
1: Do you think that? I I do not, and I
3: don't either. Me,
0: but that's the,
1: the effort hasn't been the issue. I was about to say like, and I just I remember his nick having a nickname, and D'Amico Ryan. Since he was in college, his nickname was Coach. <laughs> that's what he got called when he was a player at Alabama. He's a really high level guy, and I actually think, beside the DBs. He's a middle linebacker. His front seven, and you text me mid game. You're like, their front seven's bringing it, right? They, they were they they're playing their ass off. They might miss a couple tackles, but fifty one's getting better. We can say what you want about Warner. He still makes more than enough plays. Every team in the league, besides like a couple, would die to have him. And even though like the Colts would take him in a heartbeat, they would just you know have all three guys on the field, right? I mean, Josh Which,
0: Norman had some issues, but he forced two fumbles in the game too.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. One, like, no it, one noticed. Listen, they have a fundamental flaw that's a personnel flaw, not a D'Amico Ryan flaw. But D'Amico is a first-time defensive coordinator. He has never been the voice of the entire unit. And just, you know, it's not an easy spot for him, even though he's known Kyle since he was a young player at Houston. Robert Sala, you know, did just have, you know, it it felt in a way like he was like a a little Draymond Greeny. To their coaching staff, like just kind of the heartbeat of it, even though Kyle was like the brains of it. Like if Kyle was the Splash Bros, he was the Draymond Green guy. Now, I do think it feels like I'm diminishing D'Amico, who I, I'm really impressed with. Like, I, I think D'Amico's been more than serviceable and clearly, again, nickname coach. He played at Alabama. Now, it was pre-saving, but I, I was in Philly when we traded for him. A huge reason we traded for him was character and smarts. Like, he is a high-level guy. And I think. He can one day become like what Robert just that that juice of even though his personality thinks a little different than you're Sala's. saying they miss Sala the guy. I'm just saying they just they did lose Salah and Lafleur like those two guys played pretty big roles. Lafleur was with Kyle for a decade. Like you just you just who you you know it's just hard. I think we just oh plug and play plug and play. I don't know if it's been as easy to plug and play like Kyle. You do need help. You know he's clearly not fucking Belichick, where he can just do everything on his own. Right? Not not every guy is just ready to just take the next step. And I'm I, Mike McDaniel, same deal. He's been there forever. He's fine. Like I'm not questioning his, but there, like he didn't. He can't just do everything, right? He was always there with Lafleur, and they did things together. Now if someone had to fill that guy's role. It's just tough. You know, it's just hard for any young coach. It's why I give a ton of credit to Sean McVay. When he replaced Wade Phillips, he went and got Brandon Staley. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Jesus. Now and then he had to replace him again. He got Raheem Morris. And, and I'm giving Kyle credit here for having D'Amico on the staff ready to go. But it's like the offense, I, I do think Kyle just needs some, and this is what's hard, like back to what we were talking about at the top. Football coaching is much closer to like an insurance office or just a normal office. Now, it's more, you, people still get screamed at probably more than normal office settings. But it's not physical. It's all mental. So Kyle is the boss. So you can get mad at your boss, anyone listening to this, whatever you're doing, right? Whatever job you have, a sales job, you work at a car dealership, whatever, you can like, mm, want to do something. But ultimately, if that guy tells you to do something, unless you're a malcontent and want to get fired, you do have to listen to him. So it does. It's why when people always say like, it does start with the head coach. It's because like in football, like the backup can shove a guy, right? You know, at practice or whatever. And you can like physically intimidate. But in coaching, you you are, you are work in offices, you know? So ultimately it starts with Kyle. And back to what you were saying about the messaging, managing people, it, it can't really be argued something's a little bit off. Because you could say, well, hey, a couple weeks ago, Arizona, the rookie quarterback, I, I get it. You know, shit happens. This one, you can't be like, you know the Colts? It was Like the 06 Colts rolling into town. Like, no, I mean, this you should be able to beat this team, and they were there to be beat. But the fucking 49ers didn't know what they were doing on offense for the majority of the game. I mean, the offense I didn't write it down, but it felt like they had like six or seven straight series where they were three and out. I mean, it was bad after that first drive. Now, one was a Debo fumble, but for the most part, it was they were not moving the ball. And I get it, the rain was pouring, but the Colts. They weren't moving the ball necessarily with plays, but they were moving it with pass interference. Like they had an identity of what to do to make things happen. It felt like the Niners did not. In yeah, that, Niners in that in that condition. Niners got the Wentz, the the Wentz ball right.
0: Three and here. out. Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Uh sorry, three and out. But like you said, the third was a fumble. But he wasn't getting to the first down marker anyway, so that was going to be a three and out. Right. The Debo fumble.
1: He was was two yards short. They
0: just had the penalty, so it was a third and 15. And then they went three, and let's head to the locker room, fellas. Uh, Remember the Super Bowl, and uh, let's pack it in, which I'm shocked. You tweeted it. I'm watching this game going, why is Frank Reich not calling a timeout to at least get the ball back and let his guy with a huge arm throw a 60-yard bomb at worst? Well, did you watch Mitch? Because
1: Kyle was not going to force the ball down the field. But here's the other thing. I watched Mitch on one of the punts. He caught the ball against his body, and I don't blame him. I think he was a little nervous trying to hand catch it, like it might slip. So he would catch it against his body, like they teach you, uh, you know, in high school football with the wide receivers, not to do as a as a wide receiver. But I think he knows, like I can't afford to have this thing fly off and go in the back of the end zone to get a safety. I was like, Frank, call the timeouts. Just force them to at least punt it. Who knows? In this condition, fuck. They, they muffle uh, the the snap. It, it goes haywire. I thought the Niners got bailed out there. Yeah. I follow some Colts people that were like, "God, ah, this is kind of crazy." Why? Is frank I thought it just was the white
0: flag. Although I guess if you're Frank, you're like, "I don't want to fumble a punt return and give them the ball at like our twenty and let them." I don't know. Maybe that's what which, we were thinking. which
1: is probably his logic, right? Why because he's even going? I'm getting
0: it? the ball first. I have the lead, and I'm getting the ball first in the second half. The only way I, I don't give
1: the only way I don't have the lead at halftime is if we screw something up here. You know what I would do then? I wouldn't even put a guy back there. I would just try to block the punt. Wouldn't you? Who cares Yeah, if you can you, do that. If you, even if you take out the punter, it's still 20 seconds left. Yeah. It's Jimmy not was like Kyle not going to get the-, the ball down the field. <laughs> no.
0: Well, I do think a lot of this, like, I think a lot of what we're talking about, we haven't mentioned quarterback play yet. Quarterback play is the centerpiece of this whole thing, and that's partly Kyle, too. I mean, he's quarterback, offensive guy, five years to find his guy. The Colts threw the ball downfield in a monsoon – more than the 49ers do when it's 75 degrees and sunny with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Like, in a normal game, if no one threw the ball downfield under those conditions, you'd watch and go, well, no one threw the ball downfield. It's pouring rain. But the Colts had no problem throwing the ball downfield. And it wasn't just for pass interferences. They hit the – actually, they got a PI, but they hit the 57-yarder or whatever it was to Michael Pittman. There was a dramatic difference between the two teams in the game. One of the teams had an athletic quarterback that threw the ball down the field. And one of the teams didn't have either one of those things. Carson Wentz changed the game with his arm, his ability, and the trust in his ability to cut it loose changed the game. It was the it was the major difference in the game. And then his ability to run also changed the game. He
1: got a big was, first down on like a second and fifteen.
0: Remember, he twice a got guys. deked by Carson Wentz. Twice it got faked out. The other was on the touchdown. Started to zoom in on the running backs. That I told I, to, I told you the before game. the
1: game, though, guy. During the week, I'm like, they got an advantage at quarterback. Just And it wasn't even, I mean, their numbers look pretty similar, but the talents, they're not even in the same ballpark. And this is what you're saying physically. Now, in fairness, now, I, I still think it's a little weird. I don't quite know when he got injured. He was not available in the game, right? I, I think it would have been a concern and people would have been, what are we doing not having Trey in the game? He was not available to play according to this knee injury that we're not well, I mean, sure you, what happened. Like,
0: why wouldn't you have him available to even be your <laughs> backup? That You wouldn't uh, no. like that would have been the game to mix him in as like the whole two quarterback thing. Would that would this would have been the game to do it. So he clearly but, was. But,
1: but, but before we even get to Trey and you tweeted this right when they went off on the little rant. Now, like you had mentioned before we hopped on here, it could have been Al bullshit. And it was kind of a it hit a pretty boring streak of the game because of the monsoon. Uh, again, if you're listening out of state, you go monsoon. Yeah, for us, that's a monsoon. It's been and- <laughs> pouring for over 24 straight hours. Yeah, it's it's intense for us. But again, I think people in other places, they, they get used to this, right? All traffic is at 17 <laughs> miles an hour, okay? Uh, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo experiment, and when I say experiment, it wasn't up until this year. But the moment you traded for Trey, it was like, you know, he's not good enough to just have this established spot. Yet he was still talked about up until tonight with you know the most famous broadcast crew the league has, as this hypothetical, like what if he plays well? It's Halloween! They were talking like it's August, the season is established. He was not very good early, he makes a couple plays like he's always yeah. played, but now he's hurt, and tonight you saw he he is a disadvantage for them. He he really is. I every time, unlike Wentz, every time Wentz threw it, especially past the first couple drives and the ball would leave the camera where you couldn't see where it was going, I would say to myself, oh my God, here comes a pass interference. And I think every human being, including Michael Phelps that was in the front row, to every human on their couch, even a non-Niner fan or a Colts fan, were like, oh, here comes a P.I. Yet when Jimmy, the ball would leave his hand and it would go, and it didn't happen often, through the screen where we had to wait for the camera to move, I was thinking interception. Like, that is where Jimmy's at right now. He is a disadvantage for the team. Uh, I would say at this current state, he is no longer even a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he He's going to be, and listen, he's made a lot of money, but he'll never, ever, I, I guess you never say never in sports. His days of making as much money as he makes now are probably long gone. Now, he's lucky he could be a backup for a while, and he would immediately next year be a high paid backup. Uh, he'll be kind of in this weird spot. I mean, he'll get another chance to start. I would imagine there are enough teams, right? But his, like, I, I think we know who he is right now, right? He still has four or five, six, who knows if he can get the chase Daniel Hill, he might have eight years left, but this guy is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Carson Wentz, who has been, I wouldn't even just say football. Would you agree? Like one of the most polarizing players in sports the last three, four years, Carson Wentz in all the sports, and listen, you still You watch him. There are some hero balls. There is enough where it's like, this. they're going to keep working with that guy, right? I mean, he brings them more than anyone else can bring them. Even Phillip Rivers last year, I think they mentioned this. Did we talk about this or they mentioned this on the broadcast? So like, if Rivers would have come back, they probably wouldn't have got Wentz. I think they're better off just because his ceiling, even though Rivers won 11 games, they weren't going to win a playoff game with Rivers. If this guy does play well, you could win a playoff game with this Carson Wentz on their team. Like the version of this 49er team, you have no shot if Jimmy, and he can't because he gets injured, but if he can start all 17 games, the 49ers could not have made the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you agree with that if he had just started all 17 games for them? He's just not good enough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that now. Factoring, in their, I, factoring I, in their other corners. And I did the, not the whole think
0: team. that at the beginning of the year, but I, I definitely think that now. The irony is that drafting Trey Lance was sort of this acknowledgement by Kyle Shanahan that I need somebody who can just do stuff on the field beyond just what I tell them to do, right? The feeling with Kyle when we talked about Kirk Cousins was like, "Oh, Kyle just wants a guy who he tells him what to do as long as that guy executes it, then they're golden." Well, drafting a player like Trey Lance is – you always you always say it's like it must when he walked off the field after playing Josh Allen last year, he must have been thinking, like, I need to get me one of those. Drafting a guy like Trey Lance is an acknowledgment that, like, I need a guy. Yes, it's also a guy that I could run and draw some different plays for, but I need a guy that can make a play because once the ball is snapped – actually, once the play clock gets down to 15, there's nothing I can do. Right? I can yell into his headset like Justin Fields, 12 guys, snap it! But there's nothing I can do once the play happens. The players play the game. The players play the game. And if the player can only do what I tell him to do, and that's it, he can't do anything beyond that, then that's not good enough. So Trey Lance needs to play because this team needs somebody who can go out there and make a play for them at at quarterback. That's what Carson Wentz can do. And Carson is actually. he
1: He did it tonight.
0: And he's kind of not even being reckless doing it. I mean, the kind of reckless play was a turnover. The stuff that Carson did that was impressive was within the right. It wasn't a lot of ad lib, but he just has an ability to open the game up in a way the 49ers feel like they've been playing games in like these ten foot domes where like it's cra- nothing it's happens. I know it's in wild. any direction other than horizontally.
3: Nothing well, happens
0: like, vertically. And, and, and that's it's that's just where... it's it's suffocating to watch. <laughs>
1: it, 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 the it only really chance is. they have now is Trey Lance. It really is. I mean, it's, it's like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a, anyone can relate watching a bad baseball team, who's every time you just go to the bullpen, it's like, oh, we're gonna get shelled. Or a basketball team where you just can't make any shots. It just their offense gets in this rudderless situation, which goes back to Kyle. And this, if you were gonna defend Kyle, like if I was, if I was Kyle's agent, if I was one of his good friends, if I was one of his guys on staff that's a believer in him, I'd go it's because of Jimmy fucking Garoppolo. He's just not good enough. And then that's where I think Haberman and Milkoff would say, okay, we've tried the experiment. It led you to two and four. Even though one of those losses isn't totally on Jimmy's hands, though it kind of is because he got injured. <laughs> uh, just rip the Band-Aid off and just go all in with Trey. Even if you're going to suck more than you, I guess you would, but it's this is what we were arguing about with Greg Papa. Like, what's, You're not winning games with this guy. It it was my argument with Andy Dalton. I understand it. If it's like Kyle Trask is the future of Tampa Bay was like, yeah, you got Tom Brady (laughs) and you're winning. And that's obviously that's a terrible example, but just if, if it was more of a fringe, like, you know, top 15 guy, Jimmy is no longer a top 20 guy in the NFL when they're all healthy and they're all playing normal. He has to be kind of on to crack that top 20. I would not have him as a top twenty player, and, and listen, I, I don't think like quarterback, fifteen quarterback. to yeah quarter quarterback. I don't think fifteen to twenty is that great, but it, it's just like he has regressed, and it might just be as simple as he just hasn't got any better because he just kind of looks the same, and you can't win. Like the one thing you notice about the NFL, and you just look at the Niners' schedule, like there are a couple high end teams, right? They haven't played the Rams yet; they played Arizona, but even and obviously Green Bay is six and one. But, like, the, an average team, a team that could win seven to nine games, like the Colts, if fucking your quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo and he's a little off, you will lose. You will lose. And that's what any coach worth their salt will tell you. Like, the NFL is hard. And I think sometimes fans kind of laugh when their coaches say that. And it, I understand if you're playing the Jets or whatever, but besides, like, the bottom two teams, and even watching a little bit of the Lions game today, like, you do, like, if you're a little off – and a team has a little life, and they just, the Lions don't have as many good players, but like a, a six-win team in this league. The Lions went can,
0: onside kick and fake punt.
1: Yeah, they, they had to throw the kitchen sink. But I, I do think the Colts are a good example. Coming in this game, they were two and four. They were a team probably destined for like seven or eight. Now it's like they, they could be thinking, well, hey, we just get back to 500, and we get to 10, and you just watch them, you go, well, the Colts just have some talent, and Jimmy's not talented enough to out-talent them. Debo is, Bosa is, Fred is, but Jimmy to me felt like a red flag. And listen, when I say a red flag, I mean a liability in the game more than an asset. And Trey in this situation, who knows what it would have looked like tonight if he was healthy? It could have been worse than Jimmy. I am acknowledging that. But like, once you make this, once you make the draft uh, compensation, and you're in this position record-wise, it, it's time. I mean, it's. Again, he's got to be healthy with this injuries. I still think it's a little weird, but like if he's healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo cannot start anymore. He he just can't. That that's when you're really going to lose some people. That I think you are lucky with this fan base. That like listen, it's like you just give them tray. They'll at least take a deep breath. But if you keep forcing Jimmy down people's throats, like we're going to try to win, that's when people will really turn on you.
0: Oh, oh, well, I want to hold. I want to. I agree with you. I want to get to that in a second because there's actually Shanahan addressed that. After the game, and I'll show you the quote here in a second. Um, but as it relates to Trey Lance, I think what they need—you start naming guys like Bosa and Fred Warner and and uh, Debo Samuel, who's just Debo is—I mean, you talk about one of the most fun players to watch in the NFL. He's a
1: ba- hes a baller guy. He's he is a baller.
0: He is so good. He's a baller. and he'll—you can get him to do anything. But you need your quarterback to be able to make plays for you. Like, just think about that phrase for a second. It's it's such a generic phrase, and everybody says it. Make Get your quarterback to make some plays. But what plays are they making outside of the design of whatever a particular
1: play is? How about the one where he fumbled? I, he kind of like moves up and moves over. You're like, oh, my God. It, but Gene, it was, I mean,
0: I, like? I told you. We, we were texting before the game. And what did I say to you? I said, it'll be a miracle if he doesn't throw two picks and have a strip sack. What do you do? Two picks and a strip sack. I told you. Now, the one was kind of off Debo's chest, but still. Yeah. It was – That's that, that strip sack is the play. And and you're right. Trey Lance might have two picks in a strip sack. Trey could add had four picks. Who knows? Right? <laughs> but he yeah. might have tucked the ball and run and just – Yeah, you, he could have made some plays. The bottom line is, in a game where you went through the box score, a lot was equal. Everyone's playing in this downpour. Jerseys were soaked. Their quarterback made a few plays – to me, Carson Wentz was the difference in it. Carson Wentz versus Jimmy Garoppolo was the difference in the game because the running backs both played well. I thought defensively, guys made plays up front. The pass interference plays, you know. Again, the Niners don't even get you know the, that all you know, down the field. You know field. the
1: crazy thing, though, guys? Because you just look at the box score. Their Your numbers like, are almost the same, right? Yeah. Are you looking you at know it? Where, do you, yeah, do you know where it changes? You go to the team stats, the penalties. And this has been the thing the last couple games – the Niners do not have 15 penalties to, like, six. They have about the same number of penalties as their opponent. Today, six for seven. The Colts, six for 45. The Niners, seven for 122. Wow. That is almost an 80-yard difference. An 80-yard difference in penalties. That's a, Niners, in, in a in a game where not that many yards were at hand, that is a lot of fucking yards. The Niners, uh, that's a Pro Bowl receiver, John, in penalties.
0: Yeah. Uh, Andrew on YouTube says, when is the front office going to sit Kyle down and question, about, question him about his ineffective draft picks? This, this, this is, that, is one,
1: main, one main issue they have. I actually have a thought on You want to talk the about the draft uh, picks? Well, just about one issue they have with Kyle right now that I think some other organizations can just probably a little more equipped with the guy that owns the team that the 49ers are not in a position to do this.
0: Okay, before we do that, is that what you want? To, you want to talk about Pesto first? Yeah, just bang these out, and then I'll. Did you, did you see? Did you see that uh, uh, Javier Vega on, on Twitter sent me a photo of uh, uh, the Pesto? The, the Pesto bar, John, is where I would have been
1: for sure. Me too. Puesto,
0: Pesto, Pesto, Puesto, Pesto. Puesto, Puesto. If nothing else, you can satisfy your loins. I don't think you satisfy your loins with food, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> satisfy yeah. your innards, George. Did <laughs> that's a good point.
1: With Puesto, John. You know, I I realize sometimes if you make a Seinfeld joke, because sometimes I hear it on like other podcaster shows, there are some people that are in their 20s that probably have no clue what you're talking about. I know, but then you know what happens? It's like everyone gets it. I know, because I think they know people, that either their parents watched it or their friends, but go check out Puesto, Concord, Santa Clara, obviously Southern California. If you go to a Niners game, uh, I don't even know who they play next week, but probably someone they're going to be an underdog against. Uh, they're in sections 110 and 129. I, I can't recommend enough filet mignon tacos. The they better not be around. an underdog to the Bears, John. <laughs> oh, my God. They go to Chicago this week. You talk about must. I mean, this is could this be a coach that gets fired after this game? Uh, Puesto, can't, the, margaritas are elite, tacos are elite. It's just it, – I'm not just saying this. We ate there a month ago. It's some of the best tacos I've ever had.
0: Uh, it's, it really is. Um, I know Eric Adler and Alex Adler, who are Big minor fans, are miserable. So uh, the good news is they can at least go to, the, go to their local puesto and cook themselves up some great food. The of taco is my personal favorite. It's the crispy – there's crispy melted cheese. It looks like that's the tortilla, but there's another handmade tortilla outside of that and braised short rib. Um, it's fantastic. Plus, they have over 500 tequilas and spirits, a stellar bar. It's fantastic. The Bang Bang Margarita, one of their many greats. We went, we had their margaritas. They were fantastic. Uh, the in-house daily made tacos. The taquitos are huge, very good. So, like John said, Concord location, Santa Clara location, Southern California locations, and two locations in Levi Stadium, Section 110 and Section 129. Yep. Go get it. Go check them out. Yeah, it's uh, we, we cannot speak highly enough of uh, Puesto. It's fantastic Mexican food. Uh, we're also brought to you today by the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you're into sports betting, you know how quickly the lines can change. We know this firsthand. We deal with it on a weekly basis, a daily basis, an hourly basis. When you got a lot riding on those odds, it pays to stay ahead of the curve. So before placing bets, listen to the Daily Tip presented by Bet. MGM for the best analysis on betting and information
1: yep I mean you're looking at two guys that know what it takes to make a good show energy chemistry uh and this show has it so check out the daily tip presented by bet MGM with featured guests like bookmakers odyssey insiders and bet MGM experts they I mean, you call us we just won five in a row uh you've always got a fresh take on the action Hosted by Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. They break down all the
0: big takeaways to make sure you know you need everything you need. Make sure you know you need everything you need. As much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's better when you've got the inside scoop.
1: Yep. Ready to bet with the edge? Tune into the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Listen, weekdays, 9 a.m. to 9, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Okay. Uh, do you want to give you me your take? Me what, 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 Kyle? Did Kyle say something uh, important?
0: Uh, Yeah, so after the game, let me uh, show you this here. I'm reading this transcript. We didn't see it because we're on here Sunday night after the game, but 49erswebzone.com has the transcript here. Shanahan, I'll read to you. Shanahan was asked after the loss to the Colts if Garoppolo would remain the starting quarterback against the Bears. He didn't exactly give the most emphatic endorsement in response, but also didn't sound like he was itching to make the switch to Lance either. Quote, I would guess so. I'm going to watch the tape and see if guys are healthy, first of all, and know where our guys are at. It was good for Jimmy to be able to get healthy enough to play in this game today. So I would guess so is, is the part that, that uh, people are uh, attaching to. And, I, you know, Trey's hurt. Not having seen it, that's that could be what he's guessing, is that Trey Lance might not be ready,
1: but that was his to answer. Me, to me, if Trey is healthy, he has to play. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are saying, and I, I got a ton of tweets, I got DMs, I got texts like, who can talk to Kyle? Wait, wait, wait hold on. Uh, can we finish on this Jimmy thing?
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry, because I like that topic too. But um, because what you said earlier was, you know, if people are going to be mad if Jimmy's a certain quarterback. And I think you're right. But,
1: but I think o- the only if Trey, I mean, if Trey is out, like, what are you going to do? Like, I, I do understand that, right? If no, there's he's nothing, out, you, can nothing you can do. Right. But what I'm saying, they'll
0: be mad because they're watching it. Like, I yeah. think the bigger issue is not that they'll be mad. I think the issue is that we'll it doesn't. How how are you going to – now, maybe it's a saving grace that you play the Bears, but if how are you going to win football games? How are you going to move the football with your passing game? That's my number one. How are you going to create a challenge for a defense?
1: Did Tom Brady throw 600 touchdowns today, or was he just a 600 touchdown today? (laughs) Yeah, his 600th (laughs) touchdown
0: today. He did not throw 600 today.
1: But I saw enough highlights to know they're throwing it all over the yard. I'm with you. They, they do not have a passing game with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, hell, at least Trey can push the ball down the field. Can they run? And here's what I don't understand. Brandon Ayuk is fast. And do you know what guys do when they're fast? Run fast. We, we think about, like, uh, the, the route tree has nine routes. And the ninth route is the go route. And the go route is the most basic play in human athletic history. You just run straight. We all do it from the moment we go to recess in elementary school and the football makes it out to the grass, right? You just run straight and you throw it as far as you can with the all-time quarterback. And that goes to high school, to college, to the pros. It's just the go-round. As you saw, the Colts were running a shitload of them today. And you don't even need to be that fast to run them. Michael Pittman is not some blazer, right? I mean, he's To me, he's a big possession. He's a good player and he plays fast, but Ayuk is a faster player than him. Why not run some go routes? Really, just run it straight. Just go straight, three or five, hitch, and throw. The 49ers, the only deep passing play they run, guy, and and he's good at it, is the thing that fucking Debo running across the field. But do you know what these other plays that I see all these other teams run? Hell, Arch Manning was throwing some of them. I was watching some of his game on Friday. Then I went Saturday. I watched so many bad college football games all Saturday. So I watch a bad football games all day Sunday. But every single team, at least a couple times a game, just has their wide receiver run straight. Just go straight. And you know what the quarterback does? He just throws it. And, you know, as you saw tonight, your know, best case scenario, he catches it, he gets a touchdown. Worst case scenario, obviously, is an interception. But there's a middle ground where it happens to a lot of the time, a flag comes out. And the best part is on Sundays is... It's not a 15-yard penalty. It's wherever the penalty takes place. And a lot of times, it's 30, 40, 50 yards. Hell, the 49er fans... Well, I mean, 50 yards, John. You got to... Well, let's say Jimmy throw it
0: 35.
1: But just run that play. And that's where I think back to Kyle Shanahan. Why don't they just run a play down the field? Down the sideline? Going straight? It is is like... Uncomprehensible right now that they don't use Ayuk, who is a fast player to go down the field and just take a shot. Just take a shot. I I I I don't get it. So even if Jimmy's going to stay, just try that next week. Try. Cuz once Trey comes in, if you're not you're wasting some of his ability cuz you saw with Carson like you were mentioning earlier, a major difference was like Carson's physical attributes are just way stronger than 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 Jimmy, right? It, we knew that coming in, but it's really evident and we we've always talked about this. It's just it's any football game, the you ease watch. with
0: which he moves,
1: but just when you see the two quarterbacks come on and off the field, right, you can really see like who's the more physically gifted guy, and it's, it's a different level with this guy. But just throw some deep balls, that, that's, yeah. When you that's watch, what I'd recommend
0: Wentz move, and you see his 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 thickness, he he- but he his waist not he healthy.
1: He looks pretty he healthy he right he now. He
0: looks healthy. He look, he's in the you know he. I'm not saying he is these guys, but he just. If you were to rattle off the best physical quarterbacks, it'd be it's Herbert and Allen, and it, it, now obviously um, Lamar is physical, but his body's not quite the same. Like this is yeah. like narrow, like Trevor Lawrence is huge, narrow waist, big, just like easy to their legs move. It just looks like they're running with ease, and um, that's always been the reason people keep. It, it's just
1: that's what top
0: five quarterbacks look like. That's what I they look like in 2021. Well, I
1: think you saw today for them, given their limited opportunities. It was well worth the risk for them to take to get him right, the Colts. Yeah, totally. You know, and and we talked about like should the Niners take a risk on it? You know, because he the one thing he wasn't that expensive. Now it was a little complicated because Jimmy was on the roster, but ultimately it goes back to like Jimmy being on the roster, and I I think people ultimately are just tired of watching it. <laughs> They're just tired of it. He he has entered in a weird way, kind of that Andy Dalton, Mike Glennon, where people just can't take it anymore. They just don't want to look at him. And it's weird because unlike any of those guys for any of their teams, and there are other names you could throw in. Like, Jimmy did have a moment where he – I saw a highlight yesterday of him just, like, at the podium, you know, for the NFC Championship game. That happened. Now, remember, it was pretty polarizing, those two playoff games, where he didn't have to do much. But I, I, I don't think we'll ever quite see a career like Jimmy Garoppolo's. It's a bizarre
0: one. No, not when you you factor in the financials, all right. You want you started to to make another point. So well, I we'll, think in a
1: lot of organizations, it's it's like this in any business. I guess probably beside like a publicly held company where they have a board of directors, but any business that's owned by one human being, that guy at any moment, and I'm sure people listening work for a, a company where, especially if it's a you know a, not like a Fortune 500 company, where there's a human being that owns it. And if something really needs to be said, that guy can or girl or woman can come in and sit whoever down. That could be their president, that could be the head of sales, that could be a group of people that just if something's getting weird or something gets out of control, Tito Beverage can walk in and sit down or zoom in with an employee and just have a conversation from a from a position of power. And if you look around the league, and right or wrong, like Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, John Maher, and I'm not saying these guys can like, they necessarily like have a, could tell you what to do football-wise, but just have a human-to-human conversation as, I'm your boss, I sign the check. The 49ers do not have that. Like, I'm not saying Jed can't call to have a conversation with Kyle, but there's no way if I was in Kyle's shoes, I'm looking at Jed like you can tell me fucking anything. I'm not saying that he would be disrespectful Harbaugh style. I'm just saying, like, and I don't even think Jed would do that. But, like, the Niners do not have that. Now, they do have John Lynch. And this is where I think it's a tough situation. That, like, John ultimately works for Kyle. And guys talk about this all the time, how a GM and a head coach are together. Well, they are, but one guy hired the other guy in every building, right? In, go to Seattle, Pete hired John. You go to Kansas City, Andy hired Veach. You go to, you know, work out a little weird in L.A. Is like, need kind of hired McVay, but clearly McVay's in charge now. Kyle is in charge. Even though, like, if they got into a fist fight, like I said, or on the football field, John Lynch would kick his ass. But this is this is a real, you know, a, a corporate vibe when you're, even if you are a GM and head coach, you're never going to fight. But it's a tough spot for John even as like the guy that's known as like Captain America, this great leader, to really kind of sit down and maybe and I don't even know like what the issue would be, but like quote unquote get in his ass. Cuz you hear a lot of this with head coaches, Nick Saban, like in the college guys and, and the pro guys. They can get in people's ass, right? If something needs to be handled, the head coach will sit a guy down and light him up. Is there someone that could, and when I say light him up, I don't mean screaming at him, but, like, have a conversation. Does that guy exist? And to me, the only guy that exists, it ain't Jed. It would only be John, and I think it's a tough spot for John.
0: You know what I wonder? Is that what Kyle, now, is, is does Kyle need that? But don't we all well, don't we? No, all no, 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 hold on. Not, needs... Let me fin- No, 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 let me finish. I'm not saying Kyle doesn't need someone to talk to him. I'm saying Kyle is the guy that's in his own ass all the time. Like maybe that's what you were getting at earlier with Salah. The Kyle doesn't need someone to yell at him. He needs somebody to get just to shake him, but in a different, just to give him a, something different than what he's got. What he's got seems to be misery, pretty consistently, right? And the more they lose, now right now. the more miserable he gets. Yeah. And you're right. Like, I, the, the boss doesn't always yell at the person whose sales numbers are down right yeah. but they know how to get to them in a way to get their best out of them whatever that is and then John no, I Lynch think, is the only guy
1: possible i think
0: yeah he's the only guy that can that that it would meet that whatever button he can find he the cop would let him flip it
1: in and he has right? it has the credibility cuz again back to jed jed just does not have the credibility beside the wealth that was given to him by his family to say anything football-wise or leadership-wise to Kyle, <laughs> where John does. He has been a team captain on Super Bowl teams. He clearly plays a big role leading just the 49ers operation. The respect, I think, the players on the team that respect John. And again, it's not John's job to like talk to those. It's a weird spot as a GM, right? He, they, he is not the messenger to the team. That is Kyle and the coach's jobs. But sometimes I do think a coach, like you said, Just needs help. It was always what we talked about, like with John Gruden or whatever. Like, who's there to help him? Like, and he's not listening to anybody. And that's where I do think Kyle can fall into that mode. Like, I'm the boss. I'm the richest guy here. I'm the most accomplished guy here. Who who the fuck's telling me anything? To me, it's only John is the only guy that has that capability. And and back to what I'm saying, I I do believe it's a tough spot to be. You know, it's a delicate spot. But it's not just about like
0: motivating him, right? It's about help. who else can help him find the solutions that he needs to find.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about And football. maybe that's where John help. was helping, right? you in early enough. <laughs>
0: well, look, if John Lynch was the one that said, like, hey, man, we you should draft Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is the solution, then that, it, like, that's part of it. Some of these things can't happen, like, Sunday night over T or t Some of it is, like, big-picture things. Like, if he got him to draft a quarterback that he would not have otherwise drafted, then that is part of what you're talking about here. I was going to look up McCorkle's numbers today. I don't think they're uh, that great. McCorkle's despite. he has got his... like as many picks as he has touchdowns. So people need to chill on McCorkle. Yeah. I, McCorkle is doing a good job. 24-36, like
1: 300, two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, they played the Jets. He's doing a good job. They played the Jets, yeah. He's doing a good job. I He is the best. Well, I,
1: <laughs> Kendrick Bourne I, threw a touchdown today.
0: Kendrick Bourne did throw a touchdown today to Nelson Aguilar. There are a few. Sweet play, yeah. How about the Vita Vea running back high school highlights? Um, I did didn't you see, see those? That. No. They had high school highlights of Vita Vea playing running back, and he looks like Vita Vea. But um, anyone tackle him? No touchdowns. <laughs> uh, but you know, look, Mac Jones is playing well. You wouldn't take Mac Jones over all the other rookies, but you might take him over a couple of them at this at this point right here in this moment. I don't know that he does the things that the Niners need though. He needs somebody to push the ball down the field. Yeah. I, you know, so it doesn't solve that problem. But but I I think your point's a good one. It's 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 sometimes you just it happens to everybody. Like you go down a rabbit hole and you need somebody to help everyone needs somebody in their life that can help or somebody's in their life that can help them when they're struggling. And can that be an assistant coach? Sure. Can it be uh, Mike Shanahan, sure, but it, it it helps to be somebody of a high level that can speak to the pressure. Kyle's f- under a unique amount of pressure. Even he said after the game, "Like we've lost four in a row. I should be getting, I should be getting
1: criticized. It's fair." He said that. He said that. Yep. What do you think about bringing Mike back and moving him to the offensive coordinator? Is it too soon? Moving off offensive coordinator, Kyle. Kyle and let Mike just run around yell at people. Well, yeah, Kyle. Or Mike just focuses on timeouts, and screaming at the referees. He and just the occasional, you know, motivational speech. You know what Mike was really good at? Like, he ran a tight ship. Remember Albert Hainsworth when he got to the football team? And Albert was out of shape, and he, like, made him run gassers. And him and Albert were, like, at odds. And Albert was this huge guy, and Mike's this little guy, and Mike was not scared at all. So one thing Mike had, Mike was, and you had to be this way to coach in the 80s and 90s, because back then, like I said today, there were no fights. I, I do think they were more likely to be a fight, like, coach, player, even these crazy little guys like Shanahan. You had to be ready, even though you would lose. Mike Shanahan's fucking nuts, right? Because you had to be to survive in the 80s and 90s in the league. And I'm not saying Kyle's not – Kyle's just new age nuts. But, like, I, I do think they need somewhere where everyone's kind of on their toes, you know, and I, I don't think they have that right now. I, I, I really don't. They They just – and there are different ways to do it, right? There, there are, there is, and 2021 is not 1989. It's not Walsh and Singletary, and you know, and Parcells, and you know. It's obviously, Singletary was a player, but you know what I mean. Just it, it's different. But you know, it just the the offense just feels very disjointed, and it just feels very something just feels very off, and, I, and it goes I back to when, when you when you are that in control, and I, I was, I was as critical. As anyone that talk is consistently about Gruden, because I'm like, well, if, if Gruden's team is not like, it is all on him. I, I do think it's fair to say like this is all on Kyle. Like, how many coaches, beside like some of the older like Matt, you know, uh, Andy Reid or Belichick, but all the new age guys, not many of them. Like Lafleur and McVeigh in their tenure have not had as much juice as Kyle. Like Kyle's juice, the moment he got here. Was immediately like Andy Reid level, Sean Payton level, right from day one, and it's like, well, now you know when shit starts hitting the fan a little bit after you've established yourself and your team, I, I can't just go, well, it's all these other things. Like it does, you know, it, it, it does. It falls under his umbrella.
0: Yeah, I mean, remember the story he told on the Sean McVay podcast was basically there was no way I was taking that job, but then I took the job, <laughs> right. Like I wasn't taking that job. They don't have a quarterback. They're bad. Like I'm not taking the Niners job. But then I met with them and I took the job. Basically. Remember
1: they gave him six and, years, right?
0: And, and he's like, and, "Wait, and, Jed, you leave me alone." He's like, "Yeah,
1: you do it if well, you the, want." That's the
0: point. Is they just he they he took a job he wasn't going to take. Now he says, "You know, I do believe." I don't think he he wouldn't have taken a job for a six year contract just for the six year contract if he wasn't convinced. They convinced him, but part of that convincing was telling him like we are not we are not going to be in your way. We're going to give you whatever you need.
1: Which was not the case for what I'm saying, like, with LaFleur and McVay, who are two guys that are killing it right now. Like, LaFleur, no one was offering him the job. And he's like, wait, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, offering me the job? Like, he had to take it. Sean McVay, when he got offered the job, people were like, what? Who is right. this little guy? Kyle was was like, yeah, we'll just give you the Here's the keys. You mean to the the 49ers? Yeah, to the San Francisco 49ers, here are the keys. You do whatever the fuck you want. You want to bring uh, that guy calling games with Kevin Burkhart? Bring him on in too. That that called you like a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) Come on down. (laughs) You know, he was given a lot of juice for. Like Mark, Mark gave John Gruden a lot of juice, but John had all these offer. Like John was getting that juice. Like Kyle, there is no guarantee that he would have had that juice everywhere he went. Like if he would have been the New York Giants head coach, you know, I don't know if he just could have walked all over and done whatever he wanted, right? Is my point. Right. Like th- Back to what I'm saying. Everything that happens on the field is a Kyle Shanahan thing. Good uh, and bad.
0: Josh Dubow took a break from tweeting about Raiders to say, I'm kidding, uh, to say out of 113 coaches who have 70-plus games with one franchise since the merger, Kyle Shanahan's 443 winning percentage ranks 101st. So 113 coaches, 70-plus games, one franchise since the merger, which was whatever year that was, 1963, I don't know, uh, 443 is uh, 101
1: out of 113. Not going well, man. Eric Papa would know what year the merger was. 66. I think the merger was 1970. 66?
0: Uh, it was announced in 66. They merged in 70, yeah.
1: Because the Super Bowl is.
0: They did, the, they did the joint AFL-NFL thing for a few years.
1: Yeah, I think. Was last year Super Bowl fifty, and today this year's Super Bowl or fifty two? I think it's this year. I think okay. I, I'm not a historian. I'm not you know Belichick or Papa historian. <laughs> I think Derek yeah. can name every Super Bowl score.
0: Uh, yeah, he can name every team and every. He can tell you who played in any Super Bowl.
1: Can you? No.
0: You no chance. I can Barely remember who played in last year's Super Bowl. I agree. Um, I don't but... think I could do the last decade, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you, if you really sat down and thought about it, maybe if I gave you like Panthers, remember? You'd be like, "Oh yeah, Panthers." Um, yeah, the last decade wouldn't be that hard. I mean, you would have to think about it, but he can rattle. But it's only, it off it's only twenty.
1: It's twenty teams. You might Will get one game out of order is this year. Wasn't the, the the Super Bowl in San Francisco? Wasn't that Super Bowl Fifty? So then, what happened was the Super Bowl started in sixty-six, but the merger didn't. Come right, up the before. AFL. Okay, be- yeah. Oh, because they Lombardi one was, Lombardi was winning Super Bowls in the sixties.
0: They became one league in 70, but they were playing AFL NFL Super
1: Bowls for two for three or four years. Or, gotcha. Yeah, four years. Because I think Lombardi won Super Bowl one. That's right. And so. Namath was like sixty eight nine, I think, you know, when he called the guaranteed the victory against the, the Baltimore Colts.
0: Uh can the 49ers salvage the DeForest Buckner trade? I don't know. I mean, that man. was a big story this week. The return I of the Forrest Buckner.
1: <laughs> I, I don't blame. One thing that's been uh, not gnawing at me because I, I, I think Buckner, I, I saw Joe Staley said this thing that got retweeted on my timeline. I think Biederman retweeted it. Is that Joe on the pregame show, they were in the studio, said that when he was contemplating retirement, he called Buckner because he's like, you know. Basically, beside Buckner and Frank Gore, he's like, those were the two best leaders slash teammates I had. I was going to tell Buckner what my plan was to kind of pass the baton. Like, this is your team, bro, <laughs> kind of deal. He calls Buckner and was like, you know, man, I think, I think I'm done. I'm going to retire. And this was right around free agency. And Buckner's like, well, I got bad news for you. It's not official yet, but I'm not going to be on this team. It'll come out in the next week. And Joe, Joe said, he's like, even though in my mind I'd already kind of retired in my head, I went back into player mode where I was like, what? What? He's like, I was devastated. He was he was shell-shocked. And one of the things that Buckner said, I don't blame him because you're just in the world. As, you know, they were going to meet in the middle, and he had family to feed. It's like, DeForest, you were the seventh pick of the draft. Like, you're a multimillionaire. But, like, I'm not going to nitpick when you're a high-character guy on that. Yeah, album, he's a high-character, yeah. Even though it's a little out of touch. But... You know, it was a bold move. And it backfired in the sense of Dante Whitner. then the question gets passed to Dante Whitner, and he called Javon Kinlaw bust. And to me, a bust is a guy that can't play. But, like, I do think it incorporates injured guys. And let's face it, right now, Javon Kinlaw is a walking, just massive injury red flag. I mean, they had a bye week and his knee injury, which is not... It's one thing. It's like, you know, he, he he broke his ankle. Or he's coming back from a torn labrum. This guy has a Todd Gurley type thing going on. Where it's not like, yeah, some games he can play, some games he can't. And it's like, we don't know. And some in most practices, he's not going to be available. So he's just... It's kind of a... It's a nothing. At least when you missed on Pettis, you're like, this guy can't play. Like, to me, IUK is nowhere Time near a bust yet. Yeah, that I mean, <laughs> exactly. He's playing for someone. So this is... Like, you made a move, and you drafted kind of for need, even though, I mean, you see Kinlaw, he was going in the top 20. But I I did, and it's easy for teams to say that aren't going to take him to go, like, he had some physical red flags, and it's been a disaster. I will say, I don't, like,
0: obviously it's a big deal. The Kinlaw thing's a big deal. And I don't think, I agree with you, I don't want to call the player a bust, but at this point, the pick is a bust, because they don't, It's not that they need him to be, you know, DeForest Buckner. They just need him to play. The one thing that might save them is they actually do, I would say this, organizationally, they do a really good job identifying defensive linemen, right? And getting, like, I don't watch them today going, I don't even think Kinlaw's absence was their problem. Like, even if you forget about did they need Buckner in this game or this season? I don't even think, like, Kinlaw's when he's missing can be a big deal.
1: But it is but, about impact players, guy, and you saw no, today no like question. Jonathan Taylor, Darius Leonard, Michael Pittman, like the guys you draft high. If you, they're good, I, I guess my point reasons. is like
0: I'm not hung up on Buckner anymore. I'm not hung up on Buckner, and like they could they they, they just they could have paid him. Everyone else could have paid him. I'm not hung up on Buckner. That's it's what, about Law and Kinlaw. IU. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah. I, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm just saying. I think a lot of people got hung up on Buckner this week. I'm not hung up on Buckner. No. But it's about like where are your premium playmakers, and you know, at a time when your roster is expensive, you need the guys that you drafted to produce. They've they have got to, got to figure out the IUC thing because I don't think the Kinlaw thing is getting figured out. I think he's got a knee problem that it's just going to be a knee problem, and it's not he's just not going to be reliable for that reason. Unfortunately,
1: I, I, I do I, I do think I'm going to go one one thing on Buckner though. I said this forever about Belichick because everyone's like, he gets when Khalil Mack got traded, like Belichick would have done the same thing. I'm like, check his history of all the guys he traded that were also sweet, right? Richard Seymour, Logan Mankins at the end. Uh, Those two guys were just premium players, right? Leaders, like elite guys. He gave them second contracts. Both of them. Uh, Gronkowski, obviously a second contract guy. To not give like one of the things that was crazy with Khalil Mack it was like he was a no-brainer second contract guy. Buckner was a no-brainer for any team in the league second contract guy. Even the Niners, I think, would admit like, yeah, I mean, he was a second contract level guy. We just traded him based on the value. You could argue they got a little cute with it in a back. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you know, I, I think because they did play kind of fantasy GM. like Because I remember applauding it. I'm like, fuck, you got the 13th pick for Buckner? You drafted him seventh, and then four years later when you had to pay him, you got the 13th. I'm like, that's incredible. Daryl Morey and Billy Bean would have been like, sweet value. On paper, it's sweet. And then they traded one spot back, and then they came up to get Ayuk, and it was all sweet. On paper, it was like, damn, you got like multiple players, and you re-signed all these guys? And now it's like Buckner's just sweet, and you got all these question marks. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem. So I think it's it's a little bit like, you know, trading. They they, they just made a a trade on, you know, professors talk about this a lot. Like, I'm not a big in theory, everything looks good on a whiteboard. But in reality, it's just not that strong right now. And I'm with you. Ayuk is more important, but Ayuk is still a major question mark, whatever the fuck is going on. And I'm not even
0: saying Ayuk's more important, even though I think you're right. I'm just saying he's the one I think is more. It's it, that situation is more fixable. I think there's just a physical nature to Kinlaw's situation that nobody has any control over. Act of well, God, he has a, as they yeah, say he had, in the fine uh, print. If, if he has a Todd Gurley knee, then there you got yeah, a major That's, issues that's right. where you don't get the warranty voids when you have an act of God. It's like, hey, sorry, nothing anybody can do about it. And you know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like their offense right now. That trade is kind of like the Niners offense. It requires six different things to go right. It's, it's like hitting a parlay. That trade is like hitting a parlay. It's like, hey, man, if these three things go right, man, it's going to be big. It's like, yeah, but it's a parlay. So, like,
1: three things have to go right. Right? There's just a lot going on. I bet the guys at MGM would be like, yeah, you know, most three-team parlays hit about 5% of the time. Right? <laughs> and, and,
0: it's, and, you know, it's like the Niners off. When you can't push the ball down the field. You need eleven, seven to eleven plays in a row to like work. It was like all of a sudden the nothing's working for the Colts. Bam! Let's just hit a fifty-seven yarder.
1: And that's but this is where you got multiplayer be trades and picks and all that stuff. It's well, well, this is where I I applauded it because the college scout in me like loves the draft, loves having the picks. It's no different than like, hey, I got Mookie bets. You can take Mookie Betts, and I'm not saying – Buckner was not Mookie Betts. I mean, Buckner was, at the time, like he had not made a Pro Bowl, but it was clear like he was a Pro Bowl-level player. But you were basically trading him. It happens a lot in baseball. I'm going to trade a sweet guy, especially if you're a team that can afford it, for like four or five prospects. And we've seen – if you've followed baseball and you're listening to this forever, most of the time, like if you hit on one of those prospects, it's an awesome trade, right? If you just hit on one of the prospects and the second guy is like just becomes like a third guy in your rotation, you're like doing cartwheels. But it's risky. We have seen so many historically in baseball, right, where I give you player X who's a star for four or five prospects and they never hit. Billy was always good. He whiffed on a couple, but he could always turn a couple of those prospects another. He'd always be able to chase it. In football, you can't. Like once you, once you use those picks on the players and the Niners had to use them that night, it was like they got Kinlaw and they got Ayuk. And I, I think the thing with, with Kinlaw, though, guy, is – and I'm with you. It, just, it is what it is. I think what's such a killer is that if you're Kyle, if you're John, like you went to the pro day, you see this guy, you go, well, God, is fucking this guy. Just at minimum, you don't need to be around the NFL for that long to walk by a guy like Javon Kinlaw and go, holy shit, that's what an NFL fucking player looks like, <laughs> Right? Yeah, And I, I think sometimes you can get consumed with that and overthink, well, it's like you already had a guy who was a badass. And they kind of talked about it tonight. Like, they do just kind of listen to Staley. Like, do they miss him a little bit? Like, now shit's hitting the fan. Like, they don't have Richard there. They don't have him there. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I've never met Trent Williams. But it doesn't, you know, he feels a little quieter. McGlinchy's not good enough. I think McGlinchy, if McGlinchy was as good as Trent Williams, I think McGlinchey would be that guy. But he's not. So he just he has no room to talk. Their quarterback in most places is that guy. Well, their quarterback's not good. Fred kind of can be that guy, but like, what's he going to do? Scream at the offense? Like you do, kind of need guys on both be sides. You know, but, but I don't. You know, it's, I don't it's, know it's know a if little it's more just... difficult for a wide receiver. I don't know his personality. When you play
0: like him, like,
1: yeah, yeah, like, I could. agree
0: with you. It's difficult for a wide receiver who, but plays if that's like... if
1: that's not his if that's not his temperament, oh, no, it's true. Can. Well, I remember. I think
0: back to Kyle Uzcheck when he was on the podcast with us a few months ago and we asked him about IU several months ago, I guess, but we asked him about Iuk and he was telling us how much he likes Ayuk. They were both hurt around the same time and they lockered next to each other. And Brandon wants to be great. And one of the things he said was, you know, I, you could really benefit from having a veteran receiver around the way Debo Samuel got to learn from Emmanuel Sanders. That would, that is what Brandon needs. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe Debo's not, older enough than Brandon Ayuk to be that guy for Brandon Ayuk. You know, maybe Sanu's not good enough right now. Uh like Emmanuel Sanders was a guy that came in and was viewed as a missing piece for the 49ers and it turned out to be a major a major piece. Um I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was maybe
1: Kyle was just talking and but I think you either have it or you don't, guy. And and, and when I say like have it, I mean there are like, the super high-level leaders, most teams are lucky to have one or two. Right? And and, and Buckner... The J.J. Watts. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald was that guy forever. Uh, you know, I, 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 Buckner was just that guy. I mean, he just was. I mean, you and I were around the team enough to see, like, and just knowing him from Oregon, Like, his character. I mean, he's... I don't know. I don't think he did. Was it Clays Campbell last year? Like if he wins man of the year or something one time in the NFL, like he's that level of a guy. And anytime you make that move, I it just goes back to, I hear you, it's over. But it just is one of those point in time where I, I think they would, re, if they could redo it, there's no fucking way they would make that trade. And it's just hard because they, they desperately, like you just don't fill that void. And they, they can't. Because I would say Buckner, probably even more than Warner, like Buckner getting someone's ass, if he had to on offense, he had that much juice. Because yeah. Staley had that much juice to talk to anyone on the team. And I just, it's it to me, it, it reflects their team like there's no leadership. And, and it, it, there's something in football where when your coach, like obviously every coach, in theory, every head coach, any good one worth their salt, has guys' respect. But they will all tell you, and you've been in a million of these meetings like you do need some players to take some responsibility and even one thing Greg said like and he is right <laughs> when we were kind of arguing with him about IU because like there is some responsibility on players to work hard like it, this is the pros you know this is not USC or Fresno State where you can really just kind of hold their hand like this it gets to the point where it's like you're either doing it or you're not after a while and that's where you need the players especially to when really you really are run on the, the field. locker
0: room. Right. Like when yeah. you're doghouse, you're still on the field. Like
1: that means you have chances to make plays. The Niners just lack it. And that's one thing, like watching, for example, like the Raiders don't lack that. I mean, I, you watch them the day, you kind of feel like, and, and again, one of their best players is their starting quarterback. That, that to me, guy, when your best player in football is your quarterback, or I mean, definitely one of them, I mean, you could probably nitpick some teams. Like, when Lamar talks, everyone's gonna listen, right? When Josh Allen's gonna talk, people're gonna listen. Obviously, Tom and the older guys, Drew Brees, and I mean the established guys. But you just watch Rodgers. Like Rodgers needs to talk to a defensive back, even if it's just like, "Hey, man, you're doing a hell of a job." I think sometimes we think it's just negative stuff. I watched Rodgers' press conference today mainly because I was bored. I mean, it wasn't football wasn't really doing much for me before the Sunday night game. Even though I enjoyed the Raider game, but it just became a blowout. He does a really good job right now of like talking about defensive players and bringing them up. Like I think he understands. Like I think he's kind of come to grips with what's at stake being in his role. And I, who's that guy for the 49ers? Where Derek is really good at that, obviously with just offense, but just talking about the guys on his team. Like it, it's important if you're like a second- year defensive back and you're just a rotational guy, you're like, God, the quarterback was talking about me in the press conference?" Like that, that does mean stuff to people. Most players
0: that play the sport don't get their name mentioned. They don't get to talk. Well, forget about getting to the talk. They don't get their name mentioned. Like, there are guys that play 40 snaps in a game for the last seven years that 90% of us haven't heard of. They're like, oh, that guy was in the – what's his name? He's in the league? Oh, yeah, dude. He's like the third safety. He plays special teams. He's been doing it for six years. They just, Their name doesn't get mentioned the whole game. The whole game. They exist. And I don't think – and this doesn't really matter, I guess. I don't even know if that's Garoppolo's personality, even if he was. I don't think it that is. That guy, you know? Yeah, I, I think do it think it goes back to their primary problem is their quarterback play. That is their number one problem, and everything yeah, trickles down from that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I think quarterback play makes stuff that we just start when your quarterback play is not good. There is just a million things to nitpick. When your quarterback play, when your quarterback plays pretty good, things fall into place because games are filled with mistakes by the winning team. Games are filled with them. Look, the Colts made a bunch of. them. Most game, like most games are not this weekend in the NFL where there was uh like a close game. Literally there was one game in the NFL this weekend I'm pretty sure that was a one like a single digit score game and it was actually the Thursday night game was one and then the Falcons Dolphins was a two point game. That's it, John. The rest of them were were 10 points or more. 25-3, 41-17.
1: Twenty eight nineteen. That game wasn't even that close. Thirty three twenty two Eagles Raiders. That game definitely wasn't that close. <laughs> the Eagles. They were the league it was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Eagles gotta lead the league in fourth quarter touchdowns that mean nothing. Arians, I was listening to uh Coward had on Arians on his podcast this week. He was good. And uh Colin asked him something about Brady and like what he's brought to the table in terms of leadership and, and Arians kind of laughed and he said the one thing is like I can go to a young wide receiver and say, "Hey, man. You know, on the field. Like you got that you got to break that that route breaks at 12, not at 10. You need to come in sharper downhill and not round it off. Whatever the coaching point is." And he's like, "You know, the guy will just next route do the same thing he just did. Won't even listen." He said Tom goes over to him, says it. "That guy is perfect all week." <laughs> and he's just he's like it's powerful, right? And he's had guys like that on his team forever, but every coach having those guys around like it's, it's like a parent, right? If if your brother or your siblings, like you're in trouble, like they, you can have conversations with them about ways to like interact with your parents. As they're just screaming at you and coaching is no different. And I think when you watch the bucks, Tom Brady, I, whatever the way we revered the guy and the way we thought of him, what he's brought to that team, like, I, I don't think the hyperbole on him is like he was underappreciated it's overhyped. I, I I believe he was. And I think everyone there to a man will just be like and all the guys in New England for two decades told you, right? They're like, I'm telling you, this fucking guy is just he is the man. You know? Tom is the greatest teammate, every single guy to a man. Defense, offense, black guy, white guy, young guy, old guy, it never mattered. They all uttered the same words. We're like, Belichick, Brady, what the, you know, is Tom overrated, dink and dunk? It's just, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's another one. I'm not going to play revisionist history again because we brought that up a couple weeks ago. But Jesus. I mean, we've
0: done that topic 37 times. They underrated him.
1: We underrated him. They underrated him. They've clearly just underrated or Overrated or just not properly rated the, the the leadership stuff, and it is back to the Raider stuff. Like Derek does have respect of guys, and I don't know if they're when you're when the guy that impacts the game the most, and like you said, the quarterback play. When your quarterback plays shitty, it's your leadership can get out of whack. Right? See, when I the think they guys start complaining.
0: I think they properly rate like really solid leader leader type dudes. It just might be that in maybe with Garoppolo they missed it.
1: Who's the? I mean, I guess Kittle is, but he's. I just think they. I think. I think they love. Like, I'm not saying they don't have good high level leaders. I'm just saying it's clearly out of whack on this team. It is. I'm
0: just. But but I think they value it. Like they value guys like Debo and Yuseck and Trent Williams and Fred Warner and George Kittle.
1: Like they do because they talk about it all the time. I I meant I meant though the hierarchy on their squad of how it was working. I I, because I think I would say a large percentage of NFL teams value that stuff though, right? Like, wouldn't the Giants, the New York Giants, yeah. want all those guys, or yeah. the Minnesota Vikings want all these guys? But it
0: matters when your talent, when you're good enough, then it then it helps you. Like Tom, Tom's leadership's amazing because he's the greatest quarterback of all time. It means more coming from Tom Brady and all the things he does to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And their team is because really- he's not accidentally the greatest quarterback of all time.
1: He. he- one thing I will say, like I'm not trying to act like he's taking some three win team and making them into a fourteen. Like they are good, right? Yeah, yeah. And That team is. I saw one highlight today of like Mike Evans running over a guy in the goal line. It's like Jesus, this. Guy, who are these guys? Vita Vea dominating JPP with one hand chasing guys down. It's like they're really talented.
0: And their coach is good. Well, I think their coach. They drafted the well. Way.
1: One thing Arians mentioned as well is like they did. He's like I did return my entire staff. The guy was lucky. Like every guy, we won the Super Bowl, and every guy came back. Like the Niners did not, right? Sometimes right. you know you just get a little lucky with the next guy to come up. Sometimes you just lose a guy that you can't properly replace. Sometimes you get rid of your but they, million dollar coach and you look better. Yeah, I mean, look, but but the
0: Niners did have staff continuity for four years. Yeah,
1: and they were really right. good. Like it's not like year.
0: yeah they lo- if 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 you coach for five or six or seven years with one franchise and you don't lose a coordinator to till after some four weird. years, then you, that was a pretty good run of staff continuity. Like Sean McVay's on his third defensive coordinator, right? Four years is staff continuity because if you're having success, someone's going to take your offensive coordinator or your defensive coordinator. You can block some other stuff like he did, but, they the Niners had staff staff continuity. Like the you and I both watch a lot of Oregon State football, Jonathan Smith. It's been 4 years. They've gone from the 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 worst defense in college football. They were giving up they were like 129th. They're giving up 48 points a game. Now they're in the now they're in like the 50 range in terms of ranking from 129th. Um Dave coordinator same court. same staff, same staff, same offensive coordinator, same defensive coordinator. A lot of the same staff for 4 4 years. Like and they talk about it all the time. Staff continuity matters. Well, I, I mean, you're right. That is something. But I'm just saying, like, it's not like the Niners. They've had staff continuity, and unfortunately, now they went to the Super Bowl, so they didn't totally get wasted. But now here they are, and they're breaking in a new DC and whatever has changed offensively. Uh, you know, this is why. This is why we talk about taking advantage of quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Because eventually that door closes and then it gets really hard because now more guys are getting paid your quarterback's getting paid if you took advantage of a young rookie quarterback on a, a a young quarterback on a rookie contract and you went to the Super Bowl or you won a division a couple of times coaches get hired and it just gets harder it just gets harder to, to stay at the top of the mountain
1: yeah right? and taking taking advantage of a rookie contract at a quarterback a first round rookie does not mean winning the Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't think success. Like what the Bills did with Josh Allen's rookie contract was a success. What the Ravens have done, success, right? Like that. That to me, like it, it, if the Niners do with Trey Lance what those two teams did, right? Win some playoff games. I know the Bills got to the championship game. The Ravens last year just won their first playoff game under Lamar. I get he hasn't even signed his extension yet. Might not happen till the end. But like if this year, right? If they're in the AFC Championship game and. I don't even know who in the AFC... The Bills beat him, right? It'd be like, that. the Lamar thing is a success. <laughs> so you, you just have to be good. Like People are just asking you to be the Ravens or the Bills, right? I don't need to guarantee Super Bowl bursts. Just be in the dance. That's what people want. Just be in the dance. And I think right now, what's the scary part about Kyle is... McVeigh's. I'm in the dance guy if I got Sean McVeigh, Just a fact. Like, his team, they won again today. They're whatever five and one or six and one. Like here's what I know the the Rams are going to be minimum 11 wins. And I would say right now, if I would do over under 11, five Rams, I'm going over. So that's five years with McVay. His worst year is nine. And hell, we'll see Arizona plays Thursday night. Like, The the Rams, I know they lost Arizona, but by no means is this division over, right? Especially 17 games. We got a long way to go. They easily could be division champs. They might be the one seed. They already beat Tampa. Who knows? We got a long way to go. Sean McVay, five years, four playoffs, potentially another division. And his shittiest year was nine and seven. Where Kyle's shitty years now, like I saw some people in the chat, like two more wins max this year. I don't know. But if I had to do over under right now, eight and a half on this team.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's going to be. A, under. I don't think he's going to be a six-win season. But to your point, like John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl, but John Harbaugh is not living off that decade-old Super Bowl. John Harbaugh now, is now he's an kicking indi- ass again. Yeah, but even what? But his bad year, he had a five and eleven year. Other than that, his bad years are nine and seven, eight and eight.
1: You remember that five and eleven year? They had like. A- they had this crazy stretch. I vividly remember seven straight games they lost by like under four points. Remember, and they were having these crazy moments. It was like a was that the year they had that play at midfield on like the kick. They had the craziest shit happen to them ever. Even Flacco was their quarterback, but it was. I just remember statistically, it was a it was a weird year, and that did lead to Ronnie Stanley, who actually I think just went back. he like yeah, oh, it led Rita to Ronnie Stanley. Life. Well, you're right. A
0: good a bad year, John, leads to a good first round pick at least. Yeah.
1: Luckily, I talked to a buddy who's basically the college director for his team. I was like, you know, I'm just a college scout now on my couch. But I watch way too much college football. I'm like, I don't really see, like, 15 Kayvon Thibodeaux in this class. Like, yeah. He's like, there's not as many blue chip guys in this draft. But the draft is deep. But he's like, it's not a – it's – The top ten is not going to be loaded with Jamar Chase's and and Thibodeau's and those type guys. It's not – like, do you notice that watching college football this year? It's actually – so, again, I'm not trying – you would rather have a first-round pick than not?
0: You don't have two or three or even one quarterback.
1: But I don't think you have – like, there's not a couple Panay Sewells. There aren't that many, like, sweet defensive tackles. There aren't – Drake London, I was told, is by far the best wide receiver. He's not going to run fast. So it's like,
0: yeah, you're just – he's really good. But uh, well, you know, we'll see who the Texans. Justify, you
1: know, you just take advantage of the third. We'll round. see who the
0: Texans draft, John, with, with those with those two Niners first rounders in the next two years.
1: Is that who has their picks?
0: Well, the Dolphins have them for now, but oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot.
1: Eventually, the what?
0: Niners. Uh, eventually, the Niners' picks will get traded for Deshaun Watson, right?
1: Oh yeah, because the Dolphins did trade a first round pick to go back to get Waddle, but they used their first round pick, so they still have the Niners' first round pick, and then obviously they have the following year's first round pick. So they got. They have several first round picks they could trade to get Deshaun.
0: Irony is they yeah, and it'll be that it's the Niners' picks that'll be you. The Niners tried to trade for Deshaun.
1: Did you see before the Niners game as Florio was like describing? He's like seventeen felonies, five other things. I was like, you just he listing so twenty-two all
0: civil like- complaints, ten <laughs> criminal complaints. I guess I didn't realize they had tried to do some civil settlements, but talks had broken down because there was some debate about some disagreement about whether the settlements would be. Um, what's it called uh not sealed but um NDA. You know if you're not lot, yeah NDA you're not allowed to talk about them
1: I don't know if I saw the Biden administration was doing this or maybe Gavin did this in California but I'm pretty sure California passed the rule but I I, I do think the government is trying to pass some sort of corporate law I don't know if this would incorporate Deshaun's situation but just you know what happens in like if something happens at Google if something happens at Wells Fargo you can you people you know happen forever like these media channels, right? You could just pay someone a million dollars NDA. They couldn't say shit. Even though I watch enough like docu-series where it's like those people end up talking anyway. But, uh, I guess it's like money spent, (laughs) you know, three million gone. But they're
0: always saying like, well, that's why I'm spending the money. If, if I'm spending the money and the, and the, the criminal charge doesn't go away. Why am I spending the money? And it's like, to avoid the bad PR. Well, it's like, well, I
1: think the bad PR is coming and it's here now. I know. Well, one of the things that I, I'm just pretty sure it's it's coming down the pipe, and it would make sense, is like, I, I do wonder if that's going to get wiped out eventually. What, the ability
0: to have an NDA? Yeah. Or that you can't talk if you sign an NDA?
1: That just the NDA doesn't exist. So you can pay someone to be quiet, but it's on them to stay quiet type deal. Gotcha. You can't then... You can't go after them if they don't stay quiet. Is that what you're
0: saying? Yeah.
2: ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it.
0: uh you mentioned the Raiders John and Derek Carr and uh we both had some thoughts watching them today I I think the Raiders look like a free football team to me like Derek Carr you and I have watched every snap of his career back to college and been around him and and have talked to him many times he's a like to me his success comes from joy and fun and, and and like he works hard, but I just mean that's who he is. He's a naturally joyful person, and the Raiders under Del Rio were like a chip on the shoulder organization. That's who the Raiders always were, and Del Rio fit, and Gruden definitely fit. Just anger and chip on the shoulder, and and just misery, and that's the way you're supposed to be. And um, I watch the team; they don't feel like they they feel to me like they're playing with Derek Carr's personality. Not the personality that you know that maybe they'd had under previous coaches, which was we have to be miserable and play with a chip on our shoulder.
1: Even though he'd I, had I success for them too. Yeah, I don't know if I'm nailing this quote exactly right, but I, I'm pretty sure Pascaccia i am definitely messed up his name—said after the game that he thought Derek saving the team in the sense of this guy's like the heartbeat of the team. When he speaks, everyone listens, and it goes back to what we were just talking about. Like they have a really established player who's really good. And the team respects who's playing at a high level. So then, when this shit hits the fan, like it just felt like, hey guys, everything's going to be okay. And Derek said, I saw it wasn't Pam Oliver; it was Zarniak, Lindsey Zarniak, who's doing CBS sideline games. She ta- She asked Derek after the game, uh, you know, just they were just talking about, you know, what's it been like, and he was like, well, it's not like you know when John left, we had an zero five team kind of like I've been a part of when a coach got fired and the team was shitty. That was not the case here. We were three and two with some big wins. Like they, they had, they would have been a team. Like if you could just, if a random coach could take over, like would there have been coaches in the NFL that like, Hey, you can, uh, Hey urban, you can leave the Jags and go to the Raiders, right? Or you could Hey, Mike Zimmer, you can leave the Vikings and come to the, like people would have done the flip flop. Like they had enough talent and a quarterback playing well. And I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I can't even imagine the elephant in the room of Gruden. And listen, I I don't know if he was... I I talked to someone on the staff that liked him. I do think Derek really liked him. I think there were probably players on the team that really, really liked him. Like we said with Shanahan, there is not, and definitely with the Raiders, there was not one player on that roster that did not come there. My theory with Carl Nassib, when everyone wanted to talk to him last week, and I, I don't know this at all, but I would guess, like, John Gruden changed Carl Nassib's life financially. He was a mid-round pick. Gruden gave him $25 million. So if Nassib hates everything John said, it's probably a weird spot. I watched Charles Woodson did a sit-down with Derek for Fox, and they played it on like, uh, I guess, on the I didn't see it, but they played it on the pregame show live. But I saw the clip on Twitter where they came to the boot, the desk, and those guys were talking about it. And I, you know, Derek was just saying like, it, it's a weird spot for all these guys, right? It, you know, it's you can, you know, Derek said it right when John got fired, right? You can, you can hate the, hate the action, but still love the man. Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people in that organ, like Darren Waller, who's become one of the best players in the league, was like, if it, he he said this in his press conference the day after Gruden got fired, if it wasn't for John Gruden, I wouldn't be here. He is now a top 10 player in the NFL. So it's a weird spot for all these guys. But like after the like the cloud of just the smoke kind of dissipates, and yeah, this is a hypothetical smoke, right? But just of the of the weirdness, you just get a week removed. You're like, hey, guys, we're okay. And Derek, you know, obviously Piscaccia, again, butchering his name. Booger McFarlane, who played at Tampa, called him a top Coach five. Coach B. Guy. Coach B. I think he's an impressive guy. I don't think he would be able to pull off to be a really good interim if they didn't have the quarterback position being the team captain of their team. Like he is, and he's saying this. Like I bet if you and I were having beers with him right now, he's like, "You don't know how fucking lucky I am. I've been on some teams when we didn't have quarterbacks. Hell, I was with John in Tampa. We were screwed. Well, look at this guy. He can just look at David Cutler. David cullen has got no shot. Right? You were you watching some Texans today? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> red zone i, I don't, there was red zone there were no good games so they kept like it was,
1: it was bad it was what
0: bad. am i looking at um maybe maybe this is the drive for davis mills but yeah part of it is derek wants like derek wants to be the leader of a team i said this the other day he grew up watching his brother like what he dreamed of was not just being a quarterback but being like the franchise quarterback That's what he wanted. That's what he grew up wanting to be. And then he became a franchise quarterback. He relishes the leadership aspect of that role. Like, he loves it. But he also knows you have to be really good for it to really work. And he's been really good. Now, maybe Gruden helped unlock some of it. He'd was he had a really good year before, John. So it wasn't all that. But, I mean, this team now, the Chiefs are trying to figure it out. Meanwhile, Derek's again, the Eagles are the Eagles. Thirty-one of thirty-four for three twenty-three. Ruggs is making plays. Okay, you gotta they say got, the percent you gotta say the percentage out loud. Well, I don't even I what is it? 90- it's ninety
1: one percent.
0: Ninety one percent.
1: But to throw ninety one percent with over thirty attempts, I don't care who you're playing. In the NFL, that's that's an incredible outing. I I need a Dubal stat there, but that... I don't I don't remember seeing I've been watching box scores pretty closely now for a decade how, how many of those have you seen thirty I mean, plus attempts ninety one
0: percent what was the uh the
1: Lamar the other day like eighty nine percent yeah because he was he was thirty seven to forty three and that's I don't know if that's ninety one percent no I don't
0: I think it was eighty I thought it was like an eighty nine since you said Dubao I'll scroll through some Dubao tweets I'm sure he tweeted something about it but um, now they go into a bye, and then they play the Giants. Like, this team, AFC at the top, really
1: both divisions. Well, aren't both they, aren't they, aren't they the one of the teams at the top right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, them and the Bengals. If I said you are you, actually good. Haberman, $1,000. It's just, it pays one-to-one. Make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. Are you confident enough to throw on the Raiders, make the playoffs right now? Uh, Giants yeah. are 6-2, and two, then all of a sudden you're 6-2. and two, Like, Yeah, I am.
0: They Because I watch him, I watch the rest of the league. They look like one of the best teams in the NFL to me.
1: Well, they got two good pass rushers. Crosby's all over the place. And Dockway's good. Their defense is good enough. And their offense, I mean, you, oh, they got a bye, so that's another week for what's-his-name to like get for healthy. For Waller to
0: get healthy, yeah.
1: Jacobs did get KO'd. He left the game with a chest. But Kenyon Drake, they did pay him, and I'm watching him. He looks good enough to be... He's fine. Renfro. Stud. Uh, Brian Edwards making plays. He looked, Brian Edwards looks good. He does. I, I think, the Ra- I, again, the Eagles, they were off. But the Raiders had a vibe of like, yeah, we're an 11-win team. You're like a 4-win team, and we're going to kick the shit out of you. And they just kept throwing blows. Like, God damn, they're kicking their ass.
0: Yeah, and the final score, like you said, was not. it was 30-7 to
1: after three Guy, they, quarters. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Probably has seven touchdowns in the fourth quarter of some of these games. I mean, it's a joke. How many more starts that, does he have? That's my question. I, I would bring Minshew up. To me, guy, they go, what's going to get pretty big? So they got a bye week, then you get the Giants. Now, at New York, one thing's clear, New York can just be kind of a tough, right? they just kind of physical. They can play some defense. 10 a.m. starts, historically, I would say, for the Raiders, even under Derek, get a little weird. So that's... The Raiders should win that game. They're going to be favored in that game. But if you tell me that game is 13-13, middle of the third quarter or something, like I, I can believe it. The Raiders should win that game. But after that game, Sunday night football, Kansas City in Vegas. And Kansas City is
0: going to play the Giants this week, and then they're going to play the Packers next week. Well, I guess
1: this coming week, Giants, then the Packers, then the Raiders. So the Packers are going to get them off a long week, right? Because they play Thursday night, so they're going to have three extra days of rest. The Packers
0: play Thursday night, right? And so, and they're going to get a Chiefs team that. I mean, are they not going to be potentially in a pretty? They're three and four right now. They'll beat the Giants. They're four and four. Let's well, say. Do you,
1: do you, well, do you know the Chiefs? I'm got I'm, yeah, their schedule. It says five fifteen ESPN against the Giants. That's a Monday night football game. So they're getting the pack. The Packers. Are so they're five days of rest, basically.
0: Packers Monday, are on a Saturday, long Saturday, week. Monday. Chiefs are on a short week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Is it home though. They don't have to travel. But my point is just that you got a Kansas City team that could be could be four and five going into the Raider game because they're three and four right now. Win so the, Giants the Giants game play. four and four. Lose to the Packers four and five. So they're they'd be in a pretty desperate spot at
1: that point in time, right? Yeah, under 500 i I'd say I'd say they're death- Feels like they'd be desperate even if they win these two games because the Packers. I mean, you can go fourteen and three, you're going to lose. You know, lose at the Chiefs to Mahomes. Not that crazy of a loss, even if they're a weird team, right? Yeah, no, but they'll just need that. So
0: five and two. I mean, t- the the AFC, it, the teams that we think are the best teams, in the AFC are not the teams at the top of the AFC right now, right? Because Cincinnati's I, I, five and two, the Raiders are five and two, and Tennessee's five and two. And Baltimore. I'm more com- I'm more confident in the Raiders than I am the Bengals. Yeah, although I do think Jamar Chase is going to be the rookie of the year. I mean, think. great, great take by me. Uh, he's had no rookies ever had this many receiving yards through seven games. You think it's too late to get some odds on him for rookie of the year, John? Do you think other people know about him?
1: Do you think does it reflect poorly or more understandably why Ed had the great year? I mean, they had those two guys. You didn't just have Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. You had them both, right? He if he has that year that you just said he's going to break his teammates rookie record right who you just his said college last week you'd take who yeah. you take over C D Lamb and I I think it's just top five like receiver yeah he's, he's an elite player Jefferson. So they're both are they both top five receivers I mean
0: Jamar yeah I think part of being a top five receiver is just like doing it right like it's but you hard already to put be Jefferson in there. yeah I'm just saying it's hard to be a top five receiver seven games into your career. But yes, he looks like the franchise quarterback, that, the receiver that everybody thought he was going to be. So, but yeah, in, he'll a vacuum, probably... in, a
1: va- in a vacuum right now, at, at worst, he's a top 10 wide receiver in 2021, right? And so is Justin Jefferson. So, and his quarterback is a Pro Bowl Legit. level guy. So, Ed O'Geron had two top 10 NFL wide receivers. One guy's probably in the top five, the other guy's like six or seven, a star quarterback. If you just have those two things, I just say, "Hey, you got a college team. You got those two things. You're like, well, I mean, fuck. You put me in the SEC at minimum. I'm going to win nine, right?
0: Right. Because
1: part yeah, of it I, is like, I don't teams think have it reflects had two sweet wide receivers, but they haven't had the quarterback. Well, they had all three
0: plus Clyde. Say what you want, and Terrace Marshall. I forgot about Terrace Marshall. I pulled up the roster. Yeah. I don't think it reflects poorly on Ed. It just explains what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Which is he had this collection of Patrick
1: Queen, a linebacker. <laughs> I saw Daniel Jeremiah tweeted this within the last probably three weeks. Would you take? Maybe you retweeted it, and say, I don't. Know, someone had retweeted it on my timeline, like with their take. Would you take the four Alabama wide receivers Ruggs, Judy, uh, Waddle, and Devontae Smith—or Jefferson and Chase? Jefferson Chase.
0: I didn't see that, but it was a good was one. Tough. Because my thought being, how do I – I got four good, really good receivers. What do I do with that?
1: Well, see, then you go Billy Bean. Will you like, I'll pick the two best ones. I'll Alabama the couldn't two. play four
0: of them. <laughs> they
1: won big with
0: those three, four guys, though. Yeah, I mean, you you could argue it worked. I mean, it's – I just – I don't have too many things going on. What are, on. What me, are the stipulations? Do I have to keep them or can I trade them? No, you got to keep them. You got to find <laughs> a way to play them. <laughs> so if that's the case, I get okay, two of yeah. them. I would take the two then, yeah. Well, is, I, is any of those four Alabama guys better than those other two?
1: No. Is Devontae Smith them, better than? It's hard to tell. His quarterback's so terrible. Yeah. Who's the best Alabama wide receiver of the group? It's like, well, Waddle's like, you see my little left-piece shooter? <laughs> you know, Probably. The, Ruggs looks pretty good. Yeah, Ruggs does look good. Ruggs
0: made a play today that was like, you're like okay, he's not just a just throw it down the field to him
1: guy. Well, I think what Which ideally you would do knew, is, like, could I get rugs, and I put him with Jefferson, I put him with Chase, and I have the best three wide receivers in the league? Like that oh trio? Because you'd have this speed guy, you have this guy going over the middle, and Jamar Chase. I, I don't even know what Jamar Chase is, but his 80-yard touchdown. It was like a Debo play, but then he's like, I'm going to do a 360 as I'm breaking tackles, and I'm going to run away from everybody. It was he's, crazy. Because he was, like, was. getting tackled, but he, like, kept his balance, but he was, like, breaking tackles, and he was doing 360s. But he also looks...
0: A little different than he looked in college in a good way. Like he like you said, he looks because he's six feet two hundred, he's like more built. Yeah. Than like the kind sweet. of guy sometimes we talk about dominating in college. He's like six three, just jumping over everybody.
1: It's not his deal. He doesn't Jefferson's taller for sure. Yeah. Jefferson's long. The Ravens looked like they wanted no part of tackling
0: him or like each guy thought somebody else was gonna bring him down. It was weird.
1: Yeah, I think they kept thinking, like, he's not really this good, is he? And then he just kept doing sweet shit, and Joe Burrow's like, hey, guys, I'm going to keep throwing to one. Like, I know all these other guys. I'm just going to throw to one. So, Marlon, I'm I'm throwing over to you. Right at you, Marlon. You can keep trying to cover this guy. In fairness, Marlon Humphrey, I saw his quotes this week were like, it wasn't your typical DB, like, overrated rookie, I'm going to work his ass. It was like, yeah, you watch him on film, he's kicking everyone's ass. So, like, the Ravens were giving them respect. I don't feel like they came in like who the fuck are the Bengals, right? No. no,
0: I mean they've because they've always played those game those games yeah. in that division have always been good.
1: Guys used to get painted red on site,
0: you know. <laughs> when I see you, boy, I'm gonna paint you on site. Yeah, you um, didn't mean paintball either. No, but it's the Raiders just look like they they and I'm not saying that Gruden was a weight on their shoulders, but they look like they're just playing free and easy and see, maybe I, he was. I mean, didn't Josh uh, Jacobs say, like, you're walking on the sideline, no one's getting – I don't remember exactly the quote last week, but it was like, no one's getting screamed at, everyone's in a
1: good mood. I didn't jo- see that.
0: Josh Jacobs had a quote like that last week. I, I'm, I'm not – I'll
1: see if I can find it directly. I don't want to screw it up. But Well, I, th- I think he was immediately – and we talked about this for a while. It felt like he was more famous than a good coach because he was immediately, like, as famous as – Belichick, Peyton, Andy, Pete, right? Like, Gruden was that level of like, damn, you play for John Gruden? Like, every dude on that team is texting with their buddies about, like, what's he like, right? If I go play yeah. for Zach... If I if me or you knew a guy for Zach Taylor, our first question is not like, what is Zach Taylor like in the meeting? Any person I knew around Gruden, I, I was always like, what's he like? How's he every day? They're always getting that, and you're always kind of on edge around him. I do wonder if you just... I think they got one of the greatest just reprieves of – I don't know if it's sustainable with Rich as a special teams coach, if he's a great head coach or not. It it might not even matter with the way they were equipped, but big picture, I don't know. But I I do think for just the players, and they have enough talent on their roster where – Maybe like Jacob said, you can just... And I think Derek can really like not have to worry about always trying to impress
0: the guy. Always Always trying to do what John would want. Here's the Josh Jacobs quote. This was after the Bronco game. He said it on Wednesday. Man, the sideline was just so... It was like, it wasn't no anxiety. It was weird. It was like everybody was calm. You didn't have somebody cussing at you or going crazy at the refs. None of that. Something bad happened. It was like, okay, next play.
1: I Who mean, did that guy play for in college? That's pretty damning, Nick Saban. <laughs> That's really damning. Did you see the highlight last night of Saban talking with Bryce, like just like as like a looked like a lover, you know, just calming him down? It, it wasn't yelling or anything. He just like was touching his head to head, and they were just like talking. It was impressive because people were like, "I did not see the clip." I, they they were like tagging at Arch, you know, like check this out. This is where you got to be, quarterback whisperer. <laughs> It, it was just it was like a different side of Saban. I've always thought like, for all the clips of him screaming like Gruden, I think he clearly has some different pitches. Why you know, is it he, so
0: dark when they're in this conversation?
1: Because there are points in times, and the, when they play the night games at Tuscaloosa, they go dark at different times, like between quarters and stuff. Like, I don't One think I, I don't think Brian Denny gets enough credit. Like everyone blows uh, LSU the best night game that night game when they come out the whole place goes dark they have different things I'm like this is pretty badass I when I went to the party last week to see John party Michael Matson who drove us there had gone to an the Alabama LSU game two years ago when burrow kicked their ass they went to Tuscaloosa and they went to the game he's like I, I mean I've been to going to college football game I've never experienced anything like it I don't feel like we talk about like the experience of Tuscaloosa like in the stadium, but watching it at night, you're like, uh, this looks like un- like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Why would you not go play for
0: him? Well, I, I said I was watching uh, – I saw some of the Notre Dame-USC game with a, there, was, there was a guy sitting next to me who was from Chicago. And I was like – because the stadium looked awesome. I don't know if you saw it. It's like all dark. Everyone's got like cell phone lights. The team's cool. waiting in the tunnel. I'm like, this is awesome. And the guy next to me was like, you ever been to South Bend? You ever been to a game there? I was like, no. He said, you got to go. It's incredible. I said, what is South Bend like? He's like, absolute shithole. But but, <laughs> but that stadium, while going to Notre Dame football game, is pretty
1: awesome. So, I thought the, I thought the Rose Bowl looked – any of these big stadiums, when it's all packed, look sweet. the yeah, Rose night, Bowl got going. Sweet. There was not – at kickoff, I was
0: like, what is going on? And then you remember it's like 45 minutes from campus. Everybody was there for game day. By the time it filled up, it looked good.
1: Did you see the slow uh, – you know, like they do with animals – you know, where it's like uh, the mountain lion walks by and they, they speed it up. They did that with Kansas his Stadium. Oh, know? the time lapse? At, 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 at kickoff, there was like probably 7,000 people there. Then they were tied or winning the game at halftime. They sent out like a bat signal on Twitter like, anyone around Lawrence, come to the game. Because you know, they were thinking they were going to upset Oklahoma. They were letting people in free? Yeah, they were telling all the students they were letting people. To- no, they said if you had a ticket, I don't know exactly how they did it, but they were sending out tweets like "come to the game." Oh my god,
0: is that stadium <laughs> the t- on campus? Uh, yeah. I so I was listening to some of that game, like I was listening to SiriusXM. I was in the car when that game was ending because we were texting about it a little bit, and I never had any faith that Kansas was going to win. I was rooting for them, uh, kind of. Sorry, Drew Hill, but um, I, so I was listening on radio, and they were cutting into the Oklahoma radio broadcast of that game. And there was like a delay for a review or a hurt player or something. And they go down to the sideline guy. And the sideline guy's like, you know, fellas, I was just uh, just talking to the uh, – for people who weren't following,
1: Kansas almost upset Oklahoma, right? They are beating them the majority of the game.
0: They go to the sideline guy. He's like, you know, you know, the happiest people in this place are, guys, it's the security guards. I was just talking to the cops here. They were preparing for people to rush the field. And the ra- the, play- the Oklahoma has taken the lead at this point in time in the game. And the play-by-play by- play guy goes – you know what? They should rush the field just for covering. <laughs> like that's that's a that it's a good line.
1: It's a good line.
0: Uh, it, it was a it was a valiant effort. A couple other, few other things here, John. We'll have plenty to talk about this week, but a uh, few we're other things. At two,
1: we're at two hours.
0: I know. I know. I keep talking. I just want to mention. I got a couple of things I want to mention. Well, actually, one other thing I really want to mention because we talked about the Bengals. Uh, two, two other things. We're hot. Lock of the week. We took Oregon. We won it. We did mention it earlier. So we've won five in a row now. Lock of the week. Yeah. Betting three hundred a game.
1: What's I got our? I dollars. Uh, what's our? It's what's like 14, 14, our, our? booty up to? Fourteen fifty. Man, you want to just put take Cause a, cause all a, of that? Because a couple of put it we, on the Niners we, to my, cover the Bears
0: next week. What do you think?
1: I had the thought like, you want up the units?
0: I think we take like. fourteen fifty. Put it on the Niners. You know whatever their line against the Bears is.
1: I mean, I'd be down to do a $500 bet this week. Bulldogs? Bulldogs against the Aztecs? In I'm San Diego.
0: And then that I mean, that's mm. basically for first place. Probably pick them. Um, so there was just this other football NFL note. We'll have plenty of time, but uh, this week. So the Panthers benched Sam Darnold. And they replaced him with P.J. Walker. You remember P.J. Walker?
1: Well, yeah, they signed him last year. He was the guy from the AAF. They played for him at Temple. Was the passing leader in the XFL. Good little player. He's tiny. Went 3 of 14.
0: So Sam Donald got benched for a guy that went 3 of 14. I, that was my only Panthers note for you.
1: The Panthers are I, not the
0: uh, the team everyone – some people thought they were.
1: Yeah, I, I saw someone was like, they didn't give up shit. I think I've been saying that too. And I saw like Greg Rosenthal or someone of NFL.com was like, hey, pump the brakes. They picked up his fifth year option, which I think is like twenty two million dollars. Because remember, it's like a average of the top ten players at your position when you do that. So it's it's why fifth year options do get talked about. It's a pretty big financial commitment. And if you're still on the fence about giving him a long term deal, it's like the franchise tag. Like there's no amortizing that twenty million dollars. Like he's on the books for twenty two or whatever the number is. That that number is the can't cap it. So it's like they picked up a fifth-year option. They gave a second, a fourth, and a sixth. It's like, damn. He's not... He threw. I saw one highlight today, or it was on the red zone. It was like, what is he doing? He looked terrible. I'll tell you this, John. I would
0: not have rather have seen the Niners do that than trade their picks. I would have,
1: but he's worse than I thought he was bad.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm just saying now it's clear that that would not have been a solution. Maybe a stopgap, but not a solution.
1: I just don't think... I remember I had a buddy who was like, you know, evaluated him and they had meetings, like ranking all these guys and having like deep discussions in like their personnel department. And he's like, he has a fundamental flaw a little like Jameis, where you just he's not a trustworthy player. And he's not talented enough. Like Jameis is physically more gifted of an arm. And Carson is like the highest end of that, where it's like, you know, he's gonna do some stupid shit, but his high end is sweet. Sam's arm's kinda weak. You notice that, like it, it's I do. Not, notice that we've talked about it before. It's it's closer to Tua than it is we, like. Yes, like Jimmy has a better arm, but he, but he's big. You know, it's the thing. It's not like Sam's six feet. He's six four. He's big. I know, but it's just ugh.
0: okay. On that note, everything else we didn't talk about, we'll talk about it another time.
1: I feel bad. I I want Sam to be good. I can I want. I'm rooting for the Colts. Like I, I like Carson Wentz. Yeah, I saw. I like, somebody, I, I like watching the player. Like, I want to see him be good. He's
0: in a, he he. There are not a lot of guys who have it, who have the ability to entertain. Right, the physical tools that can entertain in the way that Carson Wentz can. It's
1: like a big center it's or something. Entertainment. I wanna, yeah, wanna I wanna, watch him
0: play. No, he's like a six seven wing that can do everything. I mean, he's. Um, I saw somebody tweet like, "I you got rid of Teddy Bridgewater for Sam Darnold? and it's like, "Yeah, that's what." Happens when you have a quarterback who's not good enough to be your franchise quarterback. Eventually, you get rid of him for another guy just like him, just because you're sick of seeing the first guy and you decide he ain't got it. It's the same. If the Niners have gotten rid of Garoppolo for Darnold, you'd be watching Darnold going, Jimmy's better, and it wouldn't matter. You're just constantly going through the revolving door of, I know it ain't this guy, and I know it's probably not that other guy, but I got to just try the other guy because people are tired of this guy. Yeah. That's what it is. So, yeah, of course, Sam, Teddy, what, it's all the same. same the that's most quarterbacks in the I NFL. Thought, it's all the same. Most of them are all – that's what it is. It's really hard position to be really good at, and most of them are just that, not good enough to be your franchise quarterback.
1: If me and you ran a team and I said we got two quarterbacks available, Jimmy Garoppolo next year or Sam Darnold, which one are you choosing? Uh, Jimmy. Yeah, same. Does, does Sam hurt Joe Brady's stock a little bit?
0: Well, he doesn't get him a job.
1: Yeah. You don't think he gets interviewed this year for jobs?
0: Oh, he gets interviewed, but it's like, is he getting a job if they go? I mean, right now they're,
1: what, three and four? Lost four straight games like the Niners.
0: Yeah, so if they win nine games with that team, then... You think they're going to win nine? No, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. you don't have to be amazing. You just got to be pretty solid, but...
1: McCarthy became the head coach of the Packers, and they weren't very good, remember? <laughs> Back was he on then. the staff? He was the OC, oh, he, for the, you know, Mike Nolan. For the nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. You just never know. You just got to interview well and fuck. That's
0: true. John McVay,
1: the Redskins weren't good.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, you maybe you can get Joe Brady. Maybe that's the time to get Joe Brady is when there's not nine teams interviewing him, right? Keys in that interview,
1: old. you just crush Sam. You're like, yeah, we wouldn't touch him. We wouldn't want him here. <laughs> you yeah, know, we won't trade for him.
0: To make it clear. Oh, you're yeah. saying Brady says
1: that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's Sam,
0: you see me with Burrow? Hey, you know, Coach Rule thought that it'd be a good opportunity, and uh, you know, really, the owner there was, uh, you know, yeah.
1: Hey, but guys, if I don't get this job, you can't. Don't tell, you know, <laughs> Matt. I said this, but it's on him. You know, he's a, he's a little bit of a control freak. He's he always chimes in, says run the ball. I want to throw passes, vice versa. That's what that's what I'd be doing. But I'd I'd feel out the room to be like, how well do you know Matt? <laughs> you know, because if I do have to go back, I don't want them to think I was bad That has to happen sometimes. You're bad mouthing the guy, and then you got to go back to him. But word gets back, and then it's never the same. Mm-hmm. The owners as talk. Someone, why did you a, hire him? As someone with a big mouth, it happened once upon a time to us in a in a you know in a uh, professional setting. You could you're just talking. You're trying to sell yourself. You're like, well, this fucking idiot. But then if you don't get the job, it's like you got to go yeah. back. Like I hey, always so. just.
0: I always had a suspicion the room where we had that conversation that got back to somebody. You thought it was bugged. I thought the room was bugged. Yeah, I think the room was bugged. And by bugged, I just mean that even when the microphones were off, they were on.
1: I just think that's so illegal
0: that there were microphones. I don't think it was like on purpose. I just think the microphones were on even when they were off.
1: You think people in other offices could press a button and listen to what I was don't going think on? it was
0: that. I think there was just like it was just kind of fucked up. There was a whole bunch of wires. Like bugged is like hidden microphones. You Man, didn't I'm,
1: you didn't trust that. You'd been around I
0: microphones didn't trust longer that room for whatever reason. I had a fee- yeah. I just I think maybe something had happened and I didn't trust the room. I remember that conversation. I I was very quiet in that conversation. And uh I don't even remember how we found out that that
1: I don't think it's ever been confirmed, but it was. Oh, clear. we just
0: suspected. Yeah, Derek Poppa was in the room for that. He was not the mole. No. Lakers won. Damn it. How many? Yeah, but how many turnovers did Russell Westbrook
1: have? They won by three. Westbrook. Uh, Twelve question. Westbrook had thirteen points. He was minus eight. He had nine turnovers. He was minus eight in a win. Yeah, barely. I mean, Morant had 40. Lakers are off. Something's weird. Mellow, Mellow. John, they had Mello a fight Bitter.
0: on their own bench between a top Mello. 75 player and a non-top 75 player.
1: Mellow saved the night. He had, he was their leading scorer, 28 points. Uh, Greg on YouTube
0: says, Bazemore almost blew it at the end. How about Clay Thompson wearing the number 77 jersey? That's
1: pretty funny. I thought that video was a little bit like I could see where Durant like this is it kind of has a football type atmosphere like anyone in here we can talk mad shit. Clay was pissed off about that and they're fucking with him and he's laughing now. It's like yeah. you can't take yourself that seriously. You know. And Clay did but then he relaxed a little bit and he wore he's still jersey pissed, like
0: pissed about it but doesn't mean you can't. He doesn't he also sees the humor in it. Let's
1: end on this. Do you think he's the top 75 player of all time?
0: Uh I will say I did not I have not looked at that list.
1: Basically every guy on the list was a one on their team is part of the problem for Clay. Like a Reggie, even like Reggie Miller. Obviously, like Reggie was the best player on a team going to the it's, t- you know conference championships and
0: it's hard because he's one of the greatest shooters ever, and like the point of the game is putting the ball in the basket.
1: But isn't he just one of the greatest like clutch performers in these big games? Yeah, I uh
0: having not seen the list, I think when I watch him, I'm watching one of the seventy five best players to play. Uh, but I also I- felt
1: that way about Dwight. Howard, he was he was on the list. I thought he wasn't. I oh, thought was Dwight was omitted,
0: but like Anthony Dwight Davis was on the list.
1: Oh, I thought Dwight made it. Anthony Davis didn't, or maybe it was vice versa. I thought Dwight made it, but Dwight I didn't Howard, look that hard on the new ones. Seventy-five. I, my argument for Clay would be now Dwight didn't make it. Is that yeah he was never the best player on his own team, and on 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 three of the teams once Durant got here he was the third best player on the team, but. The guys that were one and two or just one, I mean, Kevin Durant's arguably a top 10 player ever, and so is Steph. If, let's just say Magic Johnson is grandfathered in. He'll just be the greatest point guard of all time. That's never going to change. If you told me that, I'd be like, okay, I agree. Steph Curry's the second greatest point guard of all time. Now, I think the Gottliebs and the guys deep in the weeds would be like, well, is he truly a point guard because he plays his off-the-ball position as well? He's his hybrid. Well, he's... I would say him and Kevin Durant, at worst, when it's all said and done, are going to be top 15 players of all time. So, yeah, he was never the best player on his own team, but he was always second fiddle to guys that, honestly, when it's all said and done, could be two top 10 players of all time in yeah. Steph and Kevin.
0: Yeah. I remember I
1: remember when the top 50 list came out. Do you remember that? The 50th anniversary? Well, they had the pictures this year of like Michael Jordan. Where they wore like those uh, Letterman jackets, yeah. Almost remember that they like took the picture at the All Star game with all fifty of them, and they wore these jackets that were kind of like look like a high school Letterman jacket, like, like the Jordan Houston Texans Magic. before they got their yeah. ass kicked on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, same type deal. But it was with um, the colors of your team. Like for Larry, it was green. For Michael, it was red. That's cool.
0: You know, it was cool. I, I just remember how that was back before everyone made lists for everything. Like I remember it being a big deal, the top fifty list. So I could understand. For the guys who play, like being on the top seventy-five list, it's not like, with all due respect, like an SB Nation list. Like this is the, the NBA's official list of the seventy-five best players in the history of the sport.
1: All fifty of the guys made it. The guys who were fifty before or fifty this one, it, it didn't have to be that way, but they all just made it. They re. I think they should. But- I think it should.
0: Uh, I guess you could bump somebody off, but I feel like you that list was the fifty of the
1: first fifty. Like that list shouldn't change. But like Duncan, Kobe, a lot of those, you know, Allen Iverson, some of yeah, the
0: generation gotta, guys. So it makes the it list. then the top twenty five players of the last twenty five years is what that list becomes. And when you say Shaq, it
1: that way, Shaq was the only guy in '96 that was only like a couple years into his career that still made it on that list. Wow! And so that means this actually. list
0: was the top when you say the top twenty five players of the last twenty five years. That's where I understand. It's like so. Was Clay one of the? Is Clay one of the best twenty five players of the last twenty five years? No, probably not. Right, when you put Kevin, it that way. Kevin Garnett, hard. you'd start, you know. T-Mac, uh, did T-Mac make it? I don't think T-Mac made it.
1: Yeah, T-Mac and Vince Carter didn't make it. Grant Hill didn't make it. You got hurt. Yeah, but uh, that's okay. Kyrie Irving made it, and then I think they omitted him or something weird. <laughs> what? I do think Kyrie Irving's like one of the better players I've ever seen. Like, he's a remarkable he's
0: player. He's one of the most, I've never seen, a, like, his ability to finish at the basket when you're watching it in person, just like, there's no way. There's no
1: way. There's no way. And he does. It's weird. Like, I'd rather have Clay on my team, but I would understand if you're doing that list, put Kyrie over Clay. You know, it's a weird, it's, if, if it's, we were just basketball's talking to, the, weird that way. Yeah.
0: If you're just right. talking the player, you say who you're starting your franchise with, I'd understand that.
1: Even though I think I'd rather have Clay on my team. Did Kawhi make it? Yeah, you would rather have K- I, Kawhi. Would ha- Kawhi would have had to make it. I, I, I didn't really look at the list. I would be that would have been a huge story if Kawhi Leonard didn't make it, right?
3: Yeah, he's won two right.
1: Finals MVPs with two different teams. Yeah, I guess you're right. Paul George, I don't think made it, but Pauls looked pretty good the other night against the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. I've enjoyed the NBA through the first week.
0: I've made a conscious effort to enjoy it, and I have.
1: Okay, because you know what
0: I thing. realized, John, was I have to, I got to start. You got NBA, you got to start at the beginning of the year watching it. Otherwise, just too many players, too many people get you're behind. You're watching, you're like, you know, is that a guy? And that that guy retired five years ago. I'm like, oh no, it's not that guy. Uh, so you got to start early. Well, We're,
1: one thing that happened last night on Saturday night, college football, there was not a late Pac-12 game. And I know we did our play?
0: TV show at 8:30 Pac-12
1: after. 12. Yeah, so I. At eight eight fifteen, I was in my bed, and I turn on Netflix, and there was this docu series. I forget what it's called, but it's like all these shady things that happened. And one of the episodes, the first episode, is just the one I watched? Was on the ninety four Arizona State basketball team. Headache Smith, the dude that took the money, never heard dude. of this. Yeah, they threw they point shaved. It's all- Headache Smith was the guy's name. guy he was like he was like Steph Curry at Arizona State he was like the Pac-12 player of the year they were like Pac-10 then but he was fucking awesome I mean he was sweet they were not a picture of him
0: in the uh, building
1: no he was like a 24 he was gonna go pro I mean it was it's a good watch 1994 point shaving this gambler on campus knew this buddy that was stock trading in Chicago. Headache and a buddy needed some money, and they all kind of got involved, and it, it kind of took on a life of its own. Headache sounded like a good guy, it was a good player, and then they kind of convinced him. The first time it happened was like, hey, you can still win the game, just cover the point spread. But the gambler was like, well, a little nervous at first. He's like, I don't want to tell. The point spread was like 12, but he's like, I'm just going to tell him it's six to give myself a little room for error just in case he freaks out. But then back then, there was no internet, and the guys in Vegas waiting. Right, so he didn't. The the game wasn't even on television because it was like. Wait a second. He told the guy he needed him to cover twelve, but he told him to only cover six. Yeah, just so if something fucked up, if he could just hit eight or nine, he'd still be in the clear. But he told him the number six. It was the first time they ever tried it, like mid-season, and he was going to give headache twenty thousand dollars, and he put a million dollars on the game, or maybe it was five hundred thousand dollars on the game. And headache covered it perfectly. They they beat Oregon State by six. And they did it again. So in two nights, the guy made $2 million headache. And his t- he, headache got one of his teammates involved. I think they each made $20,000 for the weekend. Because, you know, in the Pac-10 or, I mean, college basketball, they play on, like, Thursday and Saturday. Right, right. So it was, like, Oregon State and Oregon. And he covered both perfectly. And they both got $20,000. They Both of them had spent it all by, like, Tuesday. He, <laughs> both of them were laughing. They had cars and rims and clothes and <laughs> And they're like, God, we could do this again. And then they kind of did it again. And then and then this other gambler in town found out. I mean, it was the the head coaches. I forget the head coach's name ended his career. I mean, it was a big deal. I, I'm sure they got put on probation. The head coach had nothing to do with it, right? It just headache. Hell, his teammates, what, a couple of his teammates were like, I'm busting my ass. I got headache, air mailing balls. But headache could score he, – headache was the point guard. So he's like, what people didn't realize is I could score 40. And he did in the first night against Oregon State. He scored thirty nine. So everyone's like Headache, but they actually didn't play that well because Headache, like as a game would like come down, he'd like throw passes out of bounds and shit. But headache's hitting these fadeaway Steph shots, it's crazy, guy. I mean, Pac ten basketball. The dude's he didn't throw games. He was just covering the spread. He never threw games. Bad Sport is that the name of the show? I think so. But uh, the the picture of the
0: of the like a dollar sign over somebody's face.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So late and he wants some money Add a couple games later. Him. He put $20,000, Pete Rose style. He's like, we'll just beat UCLA. But at the time, UCLA had Jim Herrick. They were like a top 10 team. And Headache just thought he could beat them. And they were they were toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe. All they had to do was get, you know, they were like plus four. So, I mean, Arizona State was good. Like, they were a 24-win yeah. college basketball team. But UCLA just, they had like Dan Gedzurich and I think the O'Bannon twins were young, and he just couldn't beat them. And they ended up losing by six. <laughs> and then headache was now 20k in the hole, so he had to keep doubling down. Pri-
0: That's not the one you're supposed to fix. Like when you're playing the best, well, headache team. was so,
1: but headache was so cocky, and he was—I mean, he was one of the best players in the conference. It's nuts. Can you imagine like he something the, like that right happened? Nickname. And headache's thing was like it's going to happen again because like, it was so easy. 20k and 94. Think how much money that is. Inflation—that's a lot of cash. I mean, that even is. those guys were
0: like, "There's It was a lot of money. So it's hard to spend that much money in two days without the internet. Like they couldn't just go online.
1: Well, they the one guy had the shittiest car, and he basically put like ten thousand dollars rims, sound system. He's like titted the windows. <laughs> it's a fat. It's a it's a good. Just you know, it's a one of those hour episodes.
0: Yeah, and you're just like, this is really. You happening? can watch two and a half episodes by the end of this podcast. Yeah, okay. we should give out pins to everybody that made it to the end of this pod today. Good night. Or hats or something. All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging with us.
4: This is the story of The One. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by.